This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don, and if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as always, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am Peter Parker's crushing guilt, Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. GT Rebirth is here in studio, thwipping his way into our beautiful studio here in the uh, one and only New York City, and quite apropos... Because something else that's going to be swinging into theaters very, very soon. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it, by the time this comes out, it, I think it, it just came out. Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. And uh, London calling <laughs> to the far time. Which is weird because they already used Blitzkrieg Bob, right? They could have yeah. <laughs> held that down for, for a little Probably, bit. Probably. Are you excited for Far From Home? I am. It's just It looks like it's going to be fun. It'll be uh, interesting. I kind of enjoy the, I guess you could say, the tone they've gone with. and. Yeah. Um, the idea that now, like, like Spider-Man is sort of the tether between two, two whole new adventures for this movie universe, you could say. Yeah. Um, he, he was one, he was part of the, he was part of the old one, but very much in the lead of, maybe in the lead of this new one. Like, it's a brand new world we're going into. It does feel like a little bit of growing pains is happening with this, like, this character that, um, at least cinematically, for the last 20 years, has been able to stand on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing him now in a larger world, something that we're probably going to have to deal with with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four soon, right? Like, <laughs> this idea that they will um, they'll not be the main characters of the entire story. Whereas right. Spider-Man in his world, in those Tobey Maguire films and the Andrew Garfield films, he was the, the main character in his own story. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel uh, our new Spider-Man, Tom Holland, plays as a bit of a bit player not a bit player but you know a a featured uh co-star in what is considered the marvel cinematic universe as opposed to being the forefront of sony as uh the other ones have been i think it fits i think it fits very well with this version of him in the sense that like um he is a child so like there is a level of guidance that would be needed so him being a co-star has been able to fill that role yeah. So it's been helpful for him to be introduced through the other characters and then to be given his own because, like, obviously it could stay on its own. It's been doing so for the better part of a decade yeah. through several iterations. But in this larger thing we've built, which is unlike anything else that's been done in comic book or cinematic history, yeah, it works that he is um, not a bit player, but a piece of the puzzle, of the larger puzzle. Yeah already before they put out his own work do you have a favorite on-screen spider-man it's still toby mcguire is it still toby mcguire i just think i i i 
in its own bubble, I still feel that Spider-Man 1 and 2 are the best Spider-Man movies they've put out. Okay. That's a respectable opinion and an opinion that people have. Um, these movies affect people in different ways because I do think that every one of these Spider-Man portrayals has been the very best at something mm-hmm. and a little bit lacking in something else. Right. And I feel that depending on what you're looking at Spider-Man for, you then have your Spider-Man depending on the three that have been portrayed and even the fourth if you sure. want to consider uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Sure. I, I, I think I heard the, the idea that like Andrew Garfield was more quippy. Yeah. And that's so people who like that got what they wanted. Uh, his, his Spider-Man was a little bit more joyful in, yeah. in its portrayal right. of of just the overall superheroing, I guess you would say. Right. Um, uh, Tobey Maguire does kind of all of his quips um, outside of imminent dangers. Yes. Situations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you could you can argue that the Tom Holland character is sort of a microcosm of both. He quips doing everything. Yeah. But also at the same time with. Tom Holland, you now also get the actual, like, child Spider-Man that they wouldn't do for a long time because yes. nobody wants to put a child in imminent danger. And, right, right, right. And, and all children or all high schoolers were portrayed by 35-year-olds back in the day, yes. you know, 90210. Right. And Saved by the Bell, all that kind of stuff was happening back in the day. So I, I get that at least. No, no, my favorite is the, uh, what was it? I think it was the wood. Which wood? Oh, the wood. Yeah, With, yes, yes. Omar Epps and, yes, and yes, all those yes. guys. They're, they're, like, all, they're all in high school like, you're 35. Yes, they're all old. <laughs> yes. Um, this one looks like he has two kids already. And it's not going to get better with this whole um, five-year gap, I guess, that we're supposed to be mining for when it comes to Far From Home. I guess it'll be further explained. With all of Peter and his uh, classmates. I guess. And, I, 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 I still world. think we're working with the convenience that all of his you know, supporting cast got snapped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they all came back the same age, and all of their friends have gone on to graduate, and it's like, ugh. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's like uh, for me, it's like, okay, maybe like MJ got snapped, and Ned got snapped, and they're all the same age, but it's like, well, what about Cindy and Betty Brandt? <laughs> yeah, the teacher. Uh, all that stuff that's happening there. Uh, Spider-Man, uh, the first one came out, comes out, uh, came out in 2002. Hmm. So we've been about 17 years removed from the first Spider-Man movie. And there's already been seven, if you want to count Far From Home, seven Spider-Man movies. Yes. Um, At the time of this recording, it will be... Three reboots. Two reboots, I guess, because you can count the first as just a boot. <laughs> right. So, t- so two reboots, three different actors. You know, uh, and, and, and not counting the like obscure, what, 80s or 70s movie they put out like years yeah. ago. Yeah. Which... I guess most people don't count in their theatrical runs for stuff anyway. But <laughs> Right. Uh, but you have these... He, Sony has always kept him in the forefront. Whether it's the video games, whether it's uh, these uh, mm-hmm. these movie adaptations. And so Spider-Man has always been a very, very popular character for not only Marvel, but Sony. And I think it's considered up there in the top three most like um, profitable slash um, recognizable characters up there with it's, Superman and Batman. It's pretty much the very reason that when... Uh... When Marvel was having their big yard sale, Sony was just like, that's the only one we want. Yeah, just give us Spider-Man. You sure you don't want anything else? Nah, I'll nah. just hold on to Spider-Man. Look up at the spider. Yeah. Spider's the only one that's worth any money. Spider blood. That radioactive spider blood, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you, people are down with that. <laughs> and so, how did? can you remember how you felt when they said that they were going to bring Spider-Man into the MCU when you saw that Civil War trailer? Uh, do you remember how you felt when it was said that we were getting a brand new Spider-Man about... Two years after getting our last one in um, um, Andrew Garfield and the Amazing Spider-Man 2. 
I remember being disappointed they put it in the trailer. Okay. Because I felt like Spider-Man being in the MCU was a rumble, but not like uh, it, at some point it wasn't that confirmed. And okay. then for a while it was, but like nobody saw it. Nobody knew what it was going to be. Right. We just knew it was going to be this Tom Holland cat. And it was like, cool, whatever. Um, I would have liked to not have any idea what role he was going to play. Yeah. Until the movie came out. But uh, they decided like. Advertising as it is. Right? <laughs> advertising being what it is. Yeah. We're just like, let's get that extra bit of cash. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's in it. It's right here. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> uh, which I get it. That's fine. Uh, uh, s- surprises are for when you already have the money, not when you're trying to make it. Yes, this is true. <laughs> did, uh, you have, did you have any uh, early on reservations, or were you all for it? No. Um, I had no reason to have a reservation. I'd never heard of Tom Holland as an actor, which is fine, because like I'd never heard of Tobey Maguire as an actor. Yeah. When I saw that Spider-Man, I'd never heard of Andrew Garfield either so it was just that yeah it's, it's I just I, I I just had to watch it play out. Uh I guess my, my earliest reservation was that they were actually going to make him like fourteen, fifteen year old Spider Man in this one. I was just like Okay, they're gonna throw this child into this weird confrontation with all these grown ass men. It, it's weird because the child thing is incredible and is incredibly accurate to his comic book portrayal as yes. we said before. But I I do find a little bit of emotional distance with myself and the character because of that. Mm. I feel in a way I may have aged out Spider-Man. I see. Um and and it's not in a like a I I could never understand his stories what he's going through now, but I see it almost as his older brother. Right. Like I'm watching my little brother uh you know, have these adventures and have this crush on a girl and not know how to tell his secret and deal with the responsibility and stuff where before I was watching these movies going like, I one day I'm going to have all that responsibility. What am I going to do? You know right. what I'm saying? When I get to college, what am I going to do? And it, it I just, hope I do as well as Spider-Man does. Right. And it's just about when it hits you at that time. How do you feel? What, what can you say to that idea of um, being aged out of a hero? Or uh, can you like ever I'm, be aged out of a hero? I feel like I was already aged out because the Spider-Man that I was, I was referenced to was the um, Fox Weekly Cartoon the, the Spider-Man. 90s? And like... That guy's like at, at the very least in college. Yeah, he's like seven eight. And the voice <laughs> actor is probably in his mid thirties and makes no attempt to not sound like he isn't. Yeah. So it's like that's a grown ass man right there. Yeah. Uh. So I guess I was I was always used to an older Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Um. Even like even the Tobey Maguire movie, it's like okay, he's in high school, but he's like a senior. Yes. And he doesn't act like a child. Right. In any way. Yeah. So I I had to get used to this extra exuberant childlike, you know, um, being a superhero sounds like the greatest thing in the world kind of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it leads to some interesting moments where it's like you kind of have to, you want to have these almost aloof childlike moments like in Infinity War where he's just like, oh, I'm in space. That's why breathing is difficult of like you idiot yeah 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 um he is definitely um in over his head but i do think that 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 might be a tool used by the writers to ingratiate um 
Spider-Man into the rest of the universe. So it's not that he's dumb, but he's new. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And so uh, it's meta because Spider-Man's also new. Right. He Seemingly, he would have existed. And I mean, and if you ask certain directors, he's existed since Iron Man 2 <sighs> in the MCU. And so he would have seen everything, heard of everything, right. known of everything at this point. But um, he very much does act like the new kid in class when he's around Doctor Strange and Cap and everybody yeah. else. And I think that's that's the meta of like he's been in Sony <laughs> this whole right. time and now he's come over. But he's also like in always in this position now where he's just constantly surrounded by these like larger than life adults that he admires yes. and is constantly trying to impress. Like literal pillars of society. Yeah. Like you you sometimes they're like like I hope I'm looking up to the right person. It's like he literally is looking up to the Avengers. Right. He literally gets to stand uh, shoulder to shoulder with them in Endgame. Right. But um we're talking about a little bit more of a humble Spider Man today. We're gonna be talking about the Spider Man as portrayed in Spider Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um where straight after after the events of Civil War, but po- uh pre anything Thanos. Um and so a, a, a more grounded story. Yes. Um, after watching it again, more recently, especially with the uh, weight of the recent Marvel movies that we've gotten lately, mm-hmm. uh, what did you think about it after revisiting it? Homecoming? I still, I still like it. I still just think it's a lot of fun. Like it's just it's a really fun movie with a light tone. It just kind of makes everything pretty bouncy and interesting. And then like it hits you with some some strong emotional moments and resonance toward the end. Yeah. But um, there's a level of like shared joy watching Tom Holland play this exuberant teenager who's just having fun being Spider-Man. Yeah, and like, like being Spider-Man is probably the most important thing in his life because he can't wait to do it. Yeah, definitely. Like, like school is in the way of me being Spider-Man. Yeah, I I'm don't want to be in science class. Being in a, yeah, I'll quit the triathlon or whatever just to right. Just to go thrip some more. Like, the only thing I'm getting out of science class is to work on my web formula. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be I able to... I did think that, though. I like I liked that little wrinkle that they, they threw in there. Yeah, yeah. I did, too. Um, it's a messy wrinkle, but it was yeah. a wrinkle. <laughs> I, do, I, I do get that feeling as well. Like, I haven't settled on Homecoming. It's a weird thing to say, but it's uh, yeah. like... Yeah, it's like... um, It's probably my least watched Spider-Man film, but it's really? not my least liked Spider-Man film. Okay. I just think it's... Cause I can say, I can like, say right that, now, like, I saw, I saw, a basic Spider-Man once and said I never need to watch this again. Really? Which yeah. one? The first or second? The first one. Okay, I've seen I the never second? watched the second one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, yeah. So, is there any other movie in the MCU that's like that with you? For you? Are you? I know you've also haven't seen the Incredible Hulk. I haven't. I saw Ant-Man once and said I never need to watch this again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you don't hate Ant-Man, right? I don't hate it. I just, I have no reason to go back. I don't want to say I had no reason to go back to this though. I don't because I don't think I feel that way. But I just, um, it's not. I don't think it's lack of stakes. Maybe, maybe it's just how severe everything had gotten around that point. Okay. With certain certain of my favorite movies in the genre and certain of my other um, uh, television shows in the genre had gotten really heavy with the stakes and the metaphors and the overarching thing and i felt like spider-man homecoming is very much on the table mm-hmm. with everything that he's trying to say and even if you don't get it through like the analogies that they try to make they'll just up and say it you right. know like they'll just up and say like if you don't need this you know if you're nothing without the suit and you don't need it right. stuff like that 
Which um, is a line that like was weird for me at first, and yeah. then I had to remember what Iron Man three was, and I was just yeah. like, okay, fine, it works. Okay, but it kind of works, right? Um, maybe we should be on the table just like Homecoming. One of the biggest things that the MCU introduces is the idea of Tony Stark as a mentor to Peter Parker. Yes. Something that, to my knowledge, hasn't been done in uh, the comics. I know my, in Civil my War... My anxiety-ridden drunk, drunk mentor. <laughs> I know that in Civil War, he did uh, side with Iron Man, and Iron Man did make him the Iron Spider suit the same way that he does in the MCU. But there's fanboy levels of uh, yes. admiration on, on, on Peter Parker's side. How did you feel about that? Tw- that not twist, but... That uh, alteration to the Spider-Man character. Um, because I think that it allows for an easier entry mm-hmm. into the MCU. But I don't think they're going to be able to maintain that for long. Especially given the events of Endgame. No, um, especially. And, and how how and do you divorce the two? Um, I, I initially thought like that was an interesting choice on its own. I was like, okay, I'm willing to see how this plays out. I think it did more for Tony for me than it did for Peter. Okay. I felt, I came out of it just like, while Tony's making decisions I don't really agree with around this time, I also feel like he's, he is trying to, he's trying to do right by shouldering the responsibility of this young kid. Even if he like, even though, like, yeah, argumentatively speaking, I think he misleads him in, in Civil War to recruit him into this fight he has no business in. Yeah. And is really, powers aside, is unequipped for. Yes. Because, like, he he is fighting against, like, three combat veterans. Yeah. And a, uh, who else is on Team Cap at that point? Uh, but the fact that, like, and we see through the events of Homecoming... I'm sorry, he's four not combat breathed. veterans. He's not breathed. A shield agent, a soldier, another soldier. Chaos magic, bro. Chaos, Chaos magic. magic. <laughs> and like, while not technically a combat soldier, a military man in Falcon. Yeah. So, like, two super soldiers, a, and another ex-military, and a woman with chaos magic, and a shield agent who has fantastic accuracy. He is ill-equipped for this entire battle. I, I love how candid these conversations uh, become because the MCU is such a web, no pun intended, yes. that the, when the tendrils go out, you can see connections there. Because I just got goosebumps when you're talking about um, Falcon because I'm like, is Falcon a combat vet? I remember him saying he did missions. I remember there being a folder on him in the wings. And then I thought, wow, what a great man Falcon is doing that PTSD meeting. Mm-hmm. that he's. And I'm like, yeah, the kind of man that could be Captain, Captain America. America. And it's just... That's what they do with this. They they set the groundwork for this. And so you think that Spider-Man is in over his own head in Civil War, just seeing Civil War. Yes. And then you get to Homecoming and you really get to see how little he knew about almost all of that. Absolutely. To the point that he woke up in his – he got dressed in his regular makeshift hoodie, hoodie uh, costume <laughs> to um, – to fight the to to do, fight the civil war, and it was like, you think you're gonna do that? Did, we did have a, did you, open the freaking box. Yeah, we have the box. Um, as far as early Spider-Man suits go, where do you rank? Um, <laughs> where do you rank that? Because right now, as you know, the 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 famous right now makes your Spider-Man suit is the um Spider-Verse one, the hoodie, shorts, right. Spider-Man suit underneath kind of deal. Right. Um, but we have um the airbrush. With Toby, mm-hmm. 
we have the Oakleys with um with um Garfield. Where he was I don't even his, remember his first he, suit. He took sunglasses. Took the the lenses out of the sunglasses for the Oakleys and put uh, them inside his suit. Interesting. So he could uh so he could do his his stuff there. But how do you like Tom Holland? We're, we're talking about like the 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 proto Spider Man suit before he becomes. Yes, yes, before people become Spider Man. Yeah. Okay. What do uh, you think of old Tom Holland's? Right. So okay. So I only remember the Maguire one and the Holland one. I don't remember what Garfield wore. Like literally, my earliest memory of the um, Amazing Spider Man movie is him. In the car, messing around with the thief. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, that was the moment where I was just like, okay, it really doesn't matter what actor you put in it, because once you put the actor in the costume, it's kind of just Spider-Man. Yeah. So, like, it all blends in. Um, That's one of the things that people had said about the character overall, is is the idea that, um, that, that what ingratiates him to everybody else is that it could be anybody... Behind the mask, yeah, you never you can, really you seen can kind them. of hide any actor inside that whole costume. Yeah, this is not the best picture, but this is one of the pictures of the. <laughs> oh god! Uh, it's just a red, a red thing with Oakley's on a red sock. Okay, yeah, that's kind of awful. And wait, oh, it just looks like Spider-Man the robber, Spider-Man the <laughs> right, the right. criminal, the, the the menace. Right, it looks um, like Spider-Man the freaking uh mob handle. But yeah, that there there is the. I I do kind of like the homecoming one a lot. Um, I do also really like the the one from Spider Man, two thousand one. I guess. Oh the yes with the the baklava with like the, it's just the yeah. eyes uncovered and then he fights uh bone saw. <laughs> bone saw. Bone is saw ready. is ready. I think everyone it's has to say time. that. Once somebody says bone saw, I think everyone has to say bone saw is ready. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess if I had to pick a favorite one, it, it it might be the homecoming one. I think it's I think it's kind of well put together. It I was amused that um, pull it back up if you want. Yeah. I'm amused that the homecoming one kind of gives you Ben Riley vibes. It does. It definitely does. So uh, like I guess I appreciate it that whether or not it was on purpose, it's not only its own thing but callbacky. Yes. So it's just like. Because you gave me that extra wrinkle, I guess that would win for me. Yeah. I also think that, um, I think it might have been hinted at in Civil War, but that those quasi goggles that he has are sort of like blinders. Okay. Because his senses are so. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. He takes in too much and it has to regulate. Yeah. And that's kind of a cool idea. The idea that you would have to regulate that and the fact that he's a kid, so he wouldn't really know the best way to. So he comes up with this sort of makeshift outfit. Um, I'm a bit curious as to his earlier comings and goings. Uh, stopping um, the bus. Yeah, because you got to think that that was that was you got to think that that wasn't day one, right? Uh, Tony catches him stopping a car, I think a car from hitting a bus or a bus right. from hitting a car. Um, but I also I also like the idea that like a Spider Man could a Spider Man in New York City could not possibly go unseen. Yes, <laughs> especially a New York City that's populated with Avengers. Right. You know, but, not, but just just a New York City that's populated with camera phones. Yes, <laughs> yes, and, and security cameras constantly. Like, like there's no there's no hiding that guy. Yeah, no, definitely. You can hide who he is, but like, it, it, it's not gonna be. You know, like, does the Spider Man exist? Like, he clearly does. Yes, it's right there. And so, uh, doing his best mentoring, Tony gets him out of that. Not bulletproof suit, <laughs> that, right. that little sweatsuit, um, and builds him a Stark Tech Spider-Man suit. What's your thoughts on that design? 
and the uh, because I think the only drawback is the AI, but I understand that that allows for the most beautiful part of comic books, which is narration, the sure. uh, inner monologue that we speak about quite often on here. And without inner monologue, it literally takes away a dimension from the character because you're so used to being in that character's head, right? As they're in moments of desperation where they're like, "I can't breathe." You know, like, I, I love reading Batman's dialogue when he's fighting. And he's right. like, I can feel the blood, you know, out of my ribs. Yeah. And I can feel the 18 broken bones in my back. But all I got to do is apply this much more pressure to you it, know, it, knock it, him out. It, it, it helps to add the level of strife that's going on that you can't always get from just looking at it. Yes. Especially with Batman, because Batman always comes off so badass. You're just like, he's fine. Yeah, but in, when you read his comics, you're like, oh, he thought he was going to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he came off as cool because he's like, this is it. This is this. Alfred, I'm coming home, and, right? And that was it. Um, um, to make it to make an interesting reference, uh, or rather, a reference to it, it's probably even though I have not read the adaptation of it, it's probably not that much different to say um, in the Force Awakens, where everyone sort of criticizes the fight he has with uh, Kylo Ren has with Rey, but mm-hmm. really, like, if you were able to understand what was going through Kylo's mind as he's like hitting his freaking hip to deal oh, with yeah. the blaster he just took yeah. and how much pain he's in, yeah. you might have a better understanding of why he's struggling in that fight. That's a hell of a point. But and I, all you really get is him occasionally hitting it and then... I'd even go so far as to say you'd add another layer to, to Vader. There's so many parts in, this, in the entire Star Wars franchise where Vader's just quietly... Right, looking over something, and because he doesn't trust anybody, he can't emote what he's thinking or what what he's mm-hmm. feeling, and so you kind of just have to guess. But he also has no facial expressions; so yes. you can't read him. And that's a, another excellent point because prior to this film, no Spider-Man had any way to facially emote, um, and that's why in most Spider-Man films, come the third act, his uh, mask is ripped to smithereens. And you get the old Toby one strand of cloth across the face that right. keeps the mask on right. <laughs> kind of deal. That's um, another thing that a lot of people bring up that, like, I'm just sort of, um, you have to surrender yourself to the medium, which is, like, people are just like, Spider-Man keeps taking off his mask. I'm like, they're actors, guys. It's yeah. facial expressions. Yes. We kind of have to have this. Yeah. I actually didn't realize that until I got older. That uh, Like, it was the painfully one, obvious the, after the The best fact. one is in Endgame. Because there was absolutely no reason for him oh, to for peel him to back the mask, mask. Yeah. except for people to go, yay, Tom because, Holland. Because it literally could have been anyone. It, it, it could have been. It Tom Holland could have never even been on set. Yeah, you're we right. Put, we put could. a guy in the mask and he did stunts. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. didn't have to pay we, Tom we Holland. Had, we had, uh, Disney saved a bunch of money. We had a bunch of unused lines from other movies. Right. So he just came, hey guys, and then he does the same thing again. No, no, Tom just came in for the ADR. That's it. Later. Uh, that, that, that would be very Tony Stark, so that makes a lot of sense. Right. There. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but in emoting, they 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 did something quite you know pioneering. But albeit not the first ones to do it, hmm. because the person who beat them to it is actually Deadpool. Deadpool introduces emotive eyes. Yes, emotive costume eyes. Yes. Um, which... Although in this, in, although we, you ran the, you run the um, the gamut between like they are emotive because we said they are. Yes. And these are emotive because they are technology. <laughs> yes. Uh, Spider Man seems to be emotive. In the sense that it actually helps him focus in and out, uh, depending on how he actually yeah. emo- moves his eyes, I guess. Um, but it, this is something that's been a staple of comic books, t- uh, animation forever, is these emotive eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that literally, uh, uh, past the radioactive spider, past the uh, you know organic webs, right. 
the emotive eyes is the hardest thing to explain. Why would you? Why would that be a function of any mask yeah. ever? The but only they other, got it. The only other thing I have found slightly difficult to explain or to at least make look good has been the uh, live action wide eyed Batman. Yes, which is very, which is quite similar. Yeah, you know, um, in the in the wide eyed Batman, you lose a sense of of, of humanity and emotion. Yeah, that's. that's Part of what makes that look cool is because he doesn't seem like a man. He seems almost like a like a being. He, he is a, a a force of nature, right? And who has two emotions: regular and squint. <laughs> but we don't get, we don't get that for the most part unless he's in that big Superman Buster or whatever, right? Um, because the the the, the option is like ruining the cool moment by having uh, Bruce Wayne just like carefully put in his content. Yes, yes. Uh, yep. Ah, got it. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so but, it would have to go over the cowl, but then you had to kind of make sense as to why there are these white things in front of the cowl and how that works. Yeah. How do you think these these emotive eyes work, though? You a fan? I thought they were fine. Like I I I, I was always down with the emotive eyes as long as you made it make sense. And I was just like, okay, it's a tech suit. They just sort of work with him. Yeah. And like um. Uh yeah, the, whatever the schematics are. I was like the fact is. It sort of works up and down with how his facial expressions go, and it and it it's fine for me. Other than like, if it was a mask that for some reason emoted, and I'm like, it's alive. That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> like if this was something cloth that he had just made, it'd be like, what what are you doing all that? How that does it do that? Posturing. Why does for it know? Yeah. Why are you why are you posturing? Why for... do you have a mood mask? Yeah, exactly. That why yeah the whole Rorschach thing. Like, why does it do things? Um. <laughs> A lot of black, a lot more black in this outfit than the others. A little bit of a less pronounced spider. Any, any, any issues with any of that? I thought the small spider was weird. Yeah, I got used to it. It but reminds I... you of the spider on the back, that weird other spider. Yeah, which I never got. Can someone explain that to me? Do you have any answers for me? Why there's a big pronounced spider on the front, but then like a weird little beetle <laughs> on the back? It is, a t- it is a completely different kind of spider, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What, is, what is that thing on the back? I never got it. And I was always like, okay. And then when they did it with this one, I was like, this, his logo looks like, if you ever Google like um, modern logo changes, yeah. how basically like almost every logo was like this extravagant color splash, 3D, beveled, uh, you know, thing with light reflection. And now everything's just flat. Right. Uh, like uh, the Verizon logo has just literally become a check. Right, you know stuff like that. Like things have gotten to the the most minimalist of yeah. of, of uh, design qualities. We, and we have simplified the art. Completely. Yeah, and with this completely with that little spider um, thing. But yeah, you got black uh, throughout the outfit, which I thought like, wow, that that's a whole lot of black. Until I saw the whole lot of white mm-hmm. they added in the PS4 outfit, right? Which I thought what I would have an issue with too. But Spider Man's just Spider Man, man. I think if, after a while, I you hated just kinda... the PS4 outfit for a while mm-hmm. until the game came out, and I kind of saw the detail in it, and then I was okay with it. Yeah, I think after overall, Spider Man's just Spider Man. You'll kind of just get used to it if yeah. you just keep Spider Manning. Um, <laughs> But we did get Karen also with this suit, the AI that yes. comes along. Um, doesn't do much towards the end. Uh, oh no, he's not even wearing it at the end. He's wearing the uh, no. He's back in the homemade suit in the in the, in the in the sweats. Um, I don't I don't think we're gonna get much of her in the future either, though. I, I do think they're gonna tone down the Karen thing. Maybe. Um, but besides the effective use of narration, how do you feel about him having his own AI? Uh, Five thousand different web combinations and kill. I thought mode it was interesting, and, and I also thought it it. It did a thing that, like, any video game would give you where it's now, um, 
if you ask yourself, like, where does he learn these things, or how did he come up with these things? I was like, well, he has a whole heads up display and yeah. and a system that sort of teaches him. Granted, a lot of people took out of it where it's just like, but Peter's supposed to be really smart and come up with these things himself. I'm like, maybe. But where does he have the time for that? So I, I, I think I have a little bit of an answer to that because my thing is you got to kind of put yourself in those shoes. So you want to be a hero. Um, you don't really know what that means. You don't really no. know what is the what is the thing that you do that will then get you this stamp, right? Is it walking an old lady across the street? Is it getting somebody's bike stolen right. back who got their bike stolen? Stuff like that. And he definitively gets something to do. He's going to go to Berlin and assist Iron Man in trying to take down these rogue superheroes. Yeah. And he he does that to the best of his knowledge and abilities, is given tools to do this, to be a better hero, mm-hmm. and then gets told, all right, you can just stop all that now. And I guess if we need you next time, we'll call. Yeah. And it puts him in this very awkward position of he wants to be a superhero, but it doesn't matter how smart you are. You cannot, um, you cannot impart life experience that you don't have. Right. He's never fought besides getting this call to fight in that one situation and they didn't win that you know it's like team iron man didn't really win that fight so it's like he has almost no experience he's smart as hell he can put everything he's theorized to the test but when push comes to shove he has no on-ground fighting experience he has no and we see that throughout this when he doesn't know how to tactically take care of certain situations right he gets better at it he does through agility and, and and reflexes but it's it's hard. It's a lot for a. I think in this film they say fifteen year old kid. Yeah, yeah. He's fifteen as of this one. Even though uh, Tony calls him fourteen, which I assume. Yeah. He either was during Civil War or was like just coming off of. Or maybe Tony's like one of those dads who doesn't remember the kid's birthday and stuff. <laughs> <He's just> like, <laughs> you understand? So he's just like, <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah, what are you thirteen again? So that's you've been thing. thirteen for three years. But I guess that's the thing that I enjoyed about it, and I guess that's why I say that I like that relationship more for Tony than I did Peter because. Like, you get those things that Tony gets to experience and overcome where one, like, yeah, he brought this kid into a fight he didn't belong in. So maybe he feels a little guilty about that and is trying to make up for it. This is also a man who has a horrible relationship with his father yeah. and is probably struggling with the, the idea of not, while not quite fatherhood, definitely mentorship. And it's yeah. like, I need to not make the same mistakes that this kid that my dad made with me. Yeah, and when you look at it in the long form of things, you have somebody... But I also don't want to accept that this is my... You, you, you have somebody who ultimately then loses that child. Yeah. Creates a, a new child. Right. Then loses himself. Yeah. So, so there are big um, overarching themes. The of, cycle of loss is quite massive here. Yes, yes. Do you feel Tony Stark, by giving him the, the uh, I guess, that suit and then the Iron Spider suit, is ultimately responsible for Spider-Man? Um, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he took something that was small and like, uh, how do you say, um, almost forced him to grow up too fast. Yeah. Like he, he was a dude just helping whatever random things happen in the street, you know, stopping muggers, beating up thugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, saving old ladies and whatnot in the city and was like, you're coming to Berlin with me, and we're going to fight other enhanced peoples. Yeah. And now it's like, what, like, what do you do when you when you've gone to that level? That's true. 
now he's chasing that. He's like, he's kind of chasing that that's high what, throughout this entire film. And to him, that is what represents a superhero. And so yeah. he cannot find a similar a similar situation or one with that many stakes. Then what am I doing here? And what am I doing here with this machine gun that I, I was given? Right. You know, in Germany. I can't that use I now, it. Right. He put a, a safety on it, not the safety on. He put a safety on, and um, it's still you know I'm still dealing with this. I do like. That Iron Man at one point says everyone thought I was crazy because you everyone should think you were crazy yeah. for doing that, and he says everyone thought I was crazy. Um, I I do think it's partially uh, Tony Stark, fourteen year old on the team. Yeah, but also for comp- uh, compartmentalizing the whole situation, of just like we'll just put that. That's done. Yeah, it's not done. You opened a lot of you know you opened yeah. Pandora's box. You gotta box deal with this kid in that now. situation, and he kind of. Pushes him to the he side. He wants to be your best friend. He wants to be your freaking Padawan. How do you feel about the idea of the absentee kind of guardian and him sending the Iron Man suit as a <laughs> as like kind of a a babysitter mentality? Thing? Do you think that was a bigger? Um, do you think that's what that was trying to portray? Like the person, the father that's there but not there, like kind of a ghost oh, uh, guardian, like, the, like uh, a ghost guardian kind of situation. Babysitter uh, 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 protocols or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's all the training reels protocol. Like he's trying to be, he he's trying to say like, okay, you obviously need restrictions, and I, I, this is the best way I can give them to you. Yeah. And then I underestimated how smart you were, and that you could hack my freaking suit. Yes, which I mean, that's the kind of respect you had for him in the beginning was that he was that smart and he was that capable, Tony. And so now that he's shown you how smart and capable he is, you don't, you can't really get mad at him. You can't. You want to, but it's 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 kind of your fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do like that. There's... Although he does not appreciate being told this is all his fault in Infinity War. No, and he he tells. Um, I like Tom Holland's portrayal as Peter when he Peter is almost kind of berating Iron Man for not listening to him. Yeah, he's like, I I try to tell you this. I call you, try to tell you this, and have if you wouldn't listen, and in that moment. Despite the fact that he had messed certain things up, I be- I believed him and I was on his side with that. Right. I did feel like, hey, bro, you you kind of put me in a corner here, and then I try to ask for help for like a month and nothing. Right. And then when I when I mess something up, you're gonna come and berate me. Like, what did you think was gonna happen? Right. You know, like that's not how that works. Um, and that's when Tony gives the whole big speech about if you know if you don't uh, if you don't think we're out the suit, you shouldn't have it. Very odd thing for Iron Man to say. See, but I, I kind of get that. That too. is exactly what I felt like when I first heard the line, and then after I kind of got a retread of Iron Man three. I was like, okay, Iron Man three is kind of all about if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. Yeah. So I guess Tony did kind of learn that lesson. So but then I he made guess mad it's suits. fine that he imparts <laughs> it on Peter, even if even though it does feel weird that his entire identity kind of is, is the, the suit. suit. Yeah. I'm Iron Man without being Iron Man. And I think they, he says that at the end of Iron Man 3, isn't it? Like, they can take away my toys. Yeah. But I'm still Iron Man. Right. And I will never, ever build a suit again, he says in that film. Ever. And, and then build something. Never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Builds 500 more. <laughs> um, that then builds one for Pepper. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, other than that, it, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a wild, dysfunctional relationship that, like, Peter is trying to get a hold of just because he wants somebody to impress and have a father figure that can uh, guide him through this weird world. I, I like, like I said, I like the change. I like the mentor. Mm-hmm. But 
after watching Spider-Verse, I do hope that Tom Holland comes into his own. Sure. I do hope that eventually they could shake the... He becomes his his own Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm He becomes his own man. The only thing... Uh, in, oh. in certain cases. You, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, it feels like when you watch like something like Spider-Verse or even those the, the Maguire or the, the um, Garfield Spider-Man movies, it does feel like he can hoister the weight mm-hmm. of whatever situation he's on. Where Homecoming almost felt like like he was hosting the weight that the rest of the weight once the Avengers held this part of the of the thing he can he can even out the playing field by taking care of Queens. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um and I do feel like one of the things in this film that separates the rest I do think like a lot of those other villains wanted like to blow up the world and <laughs> stuff like that where in this one that wasn't really the case. No. As a matter of fact this one doesn't even really make points to hurt people unless he's trying to get away. Like he doesn't he doesn't take pleasure uh, in hurting people in this film, the the villain, I don't think. No, uh, they're 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 more of an uh, they're more of an indirect um problem. Where yeah, it's, it's like, two paths that they were they were already going on. Yeah, and it just so happens that those paths intersect because they're in the same city. Like they're an indirect problem because um, Adrian Toomes and his gang are not directly going out there and hurting people, but they are scavenging the weapons to give to other people. Yes, to hurt people, and it's just like okay. You're not doing it yourself, but like even if you didn't pull the trigger, you built the gun and whatever. <laughs> that yeah, that's also true because I was thinking about that as well. Like there's no, there is a culpability for yes. making the guns, you know. Like you right. can't just you you don't get a, a clean slate off the back just no. for that. Um, so how did you feel? Um, how do you how did you feel about Adrian Toomes? Let's talk about Vulture because he was one of my um favorite villains of that year of 2017 yes i mean in comparison to like steppenwolf and stuff but still he was pretty damn, <laughs> that was, was that year wasn't it yeah yeah uh that was the year steppenwolf hella you know um michael keaton yeah the Birdman, the batman uh coming in i Something knew when, about michael keaton and wings that works when he got casted i i immediately dug it i just dig the actor right um the thing that actually couldn't made, say vocal though no <laughs> the thing that actually um Won me over the most for Michael Keaton. It's funny, is the other guys because he's comedic in that. Okay, and he tries to play like a no nonsense chief. Who's that? Um, what? What, what, what movie is the other guys? Yeah, that's with um Will Ferrell and Mark, is that the one with Rock Mark and Wolver? Sam Jackson yeah. in the beginning? Yeah, I never finished it. So, uh, um, Michael Keaton's character is the chief of police, but he's also working at Bed Bath and Beyond. I forgot he was in it. Yeah, he's also working at Bed Bath and Beyond, and he constantly talks in TLC quotes. Oh my god. But claims to be oblivious that they're TLC songs. Really? Yeah. And so they're like, that's TLC. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so, well, does he tell people to not go chasing waterfalls? Yeah, yeah. There's and, a whole, there's and, and a whole thing. Like, and you're like, you know, I don't want no scrubs. Stuff like that. And it's just, it's just hilarious because he, can, he has that serious nature to him. And in this, he's scary. Playing it totally straight. I always say that the only thing I want my villains to be is threatening. That's sure. all. I don't really care. You can put them in purple, pink. You can, you know, you can uh, have wings sticking out their back. I don't care. They just have to be threatening. And some of these villains, I feel like, aren't really threatening. I wasn't scared of Venom in Spider-Man Three. It was okay. just some kind of weird xenomorph sounding, <laughs> sounding. Thing. I guess that was the Silver Grace thing. No, I feel like yeah. you went into it not. Yeah, Red Foreman. Oh, is that his name? No, but, no, no. That's the father. That's the father. Uh, Eric, Eric Foreman. Foreman. Yeah. yeah. Eric Foreman. Yeah. I, he wasn't doing it for me. And, but something about. I mean, I love the vulture design. Yeah, I very ultimate. Yes, and very. See, okay, 
uh, I thought the suit was cool. My, to me, the champion of that whole thing is that they shoot Vulture in such a way that you almost, for most of the film, never get a full shot of him. So yes. every shot of the Vulture is from Spider-Man's really up-close point of view, yes. which is these giant glaring light eyes and these wings that, like, black out the sky. Yeah. So it's it's really, um, how do you say, um... Uh, when the walls are closing in, uh, claustrophobic. Yes, yes. Claustrophobic and loud and scary, and it's like a monster. Yeah, and they also, like you were saying, the way they shoot it. Even um, though it's when you just see a him, flight suit. Sometimes when you just see the flight suit in action, right, where Adrian is controlling just the flight suit, it's shot in a way that even, it, it, it almost is meant to tell us that even the camera can't keep up with. Right. Keep up with it. Like, it's going so fast that you're trying to, you only see, like, clips of, of one wing and clips of right. one, uh, you know, uh, propeller or something like that. Um. But, and it's a lot like in any situation where, like, if you were in a fight or 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 you were, you know, um, concerned about something around you, like if it was a bee and you can't really get your eye on it, but you, <laughs> but know, you it's know it's buzzing around, around you. Yeah. yeah. So like that's 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 the worst kind of fight when it's you know there's proximity, <laughs> but you can't land it. Right. If you have a five hundred pound bee flying around. If uh, you played, if you played any first person shooter with a, with an enemy that you can't get like a handle on with your eyes, it's the worst thing. Yeah, because you're taking hits, but it's behind you somewhere. Yeah, and none of it is. I mean, at, at this point, you know, we've seen Iron Man, and we've now we have characters like Vision and Captain Marvel. None of his flying is graceful. It's all like this mechanical, bombastic. Like he's just like this big. Angry, loud man, machine, monster thing, and um, every part of every part of the character design is sinister. Um, I really like the the it's it's an old school thing, but the the feathered uh, collared jacket. I think it's cool. The aviator jacket is cool. I just Um, like that. Like the 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 whole concept of him being a vulture is is totally metaphorical. Yes, it's metaphorical. Yes, 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 Um, because. He is scavenging. He is yeah. somebody. He's just flying up and, and 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 picking up other people's scraps. Rewatching the, um, the movie, yeah. I realized that the beginning vote, the beginning Adrian Toomes slash Vulture is not played as um, like malicious. Okay. Um, he didn't. He wasn't somebody that was like, oh, aliens attacked New York. Yeah, thousands of people died, but screw them. I got a new contract. Right. He was like, oh, people need help. I can help, and I got people that can help. Right. We'll all just get this done. But also, like, he like, like it, it, it's not so much that he took, um, he didn't take, uh, how do you say, joy in benefiting from destruction, but it's a job, and we've got families that need fed. We're here to do the job. Yes. You know, we're just a bunch of independent contractors taking up a job that you'd have to take up with any situation. It, it, it's it's really no different than being the independent contractors that have to clean up after a Superman fight or, you know, um, all the things that happened um, <clears throat> after, like, the Hulk. Right. So, it's just, they're just guys doing a job. This stuff has to be cleaned up. We're the guys to do it until that job gets taken away from all of them. And even then, it's like, okay, yeah, they're stealing. And that's bad. But they're not out there hurting people. But that's what I'm saying. I think that that's, that's the weird gloss that this villain has that the other ones don't. Where, Vulture kills one guy and it's by mistake. That's what I'm saying. Where you have, like, um, Goblin was loving killing people. Right. There's an entire horror scene where, where uh, Doc Ock murdering a bunch of doctors. 
you know, his, or at least his arms, murdering a bunch of doctors. That is a fucking wild side. Yeah, yeah you're a good. wild scene. It is, when you consider where it's from, you know, what, yeah. what genre it's in and stuff like that. Um, you know, and and you see, same thing with, like, Venom doesn't care, uh, Sandman doesn't care, uh, uh, Lizard doesn't care. None of these guys give a damn. And, um, but, but Vulture's not there for that. It's like, I know what you got going on here, and right. I know that you think that what I got going on is is at you, but it's not. I've been doing this. Right. You just got hip to it, and now I have to figure out a way to either stop what I'm doing, which I don't want to, right. or stop you. Right. And I've cho- I made my choice. I'm going to stop you because right. you're not that important to me as opposed to my entire family. Um, I got There's a scene in which he's talking to Spider-Man, talking about like the world's changed and all that stuff. Um, and I think it's on purpose, but behind him is there's a there's an engine block, uh, just like in the air or okay. whatever. And his this speech, is the, the the beginning scene. This is when he takes the so he takes the uh, the glider and breaks all the beams. Okay. And then it falls on Spider Man. He does that whole uh, remember who you are, Simba. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, the, oh, okay. The, the the world's changing scene in the warehouse. Yes. Okay. And so when he's giving that speech. The engine block in the back reminded me very much of all that, all that like auto workers getting out of, uh, you know, companies going out of business, right? And uh, you know, the uh, manufacturing moving to other countries, right? And stuff like all that, like, um, you know, we build things for them, we clean things for them, and then they just push us to the side, right. like, uh, you know, um, all American steel workers, all American coal miners, you know, like all that, all that, you know, getting your hands dirty. For America, and then they just shoved us to the right. side. That very much felt like where there's a level of that. From. You probably remember it. There was a level of that stuff in Supergirl because, like, they start to import the uh, uh, Thanagarian steel. Yeah, from Lockwood uh, Metals. Uh, no, Lockwood was the guys who were getting. Um, they had their steel. They had their steel. Lockwood. Lockwood was the American steel, and they were getting outdone by the fact that they had this. That the other company had this advanced alien. Metal, yeah. yeah, that was like now sweeping through the market. Yeah, you know, it's 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 like trying to keep. It's like trying to still sell blackberries in 2019. It's like mm. <laughs> market's kind of aged you out, buddy. I I do like that if when um when by the decree of Tony Stark, I guess you would say, sure, when the heads of Damage Control, this new organization that Tony Stark has created to clean up his friends' messes, right, him <laughs> and his friends' messes. Um, when they come in, um, you have that scene with them in Tombs where Tombs basically gets the job taken out from underneath him right. by these contractors. Which is funny because, like, that seems like the responsible decision. We made this mess. Yeah. I'm going to also put together the thing that's supposed to, that's going to clean it up. I guess, I guess the only way to marry those two is to create damage control and then hire already. The independent contractor? Yeah, hire the independent contractor. Like, like, come in and be like, I want to offer you guys the job. This seems like something that Tony Stark wrote a check and then made the check into a uh, paper airplane. He did it airplane. obliviously. Yeah, he made, made a check into a paper airplane, threw it at Happy, and <laughs> said, I don't know, make some sort of Give company. It to someone. Make it some sort of company that cleans up all this stuff. There's make gotta it be a people thing. that Yeah, there's got to be people that want to do this. Right, exactly. <laughs> that are going to destroy more things. But um, I like in that moment. I think that what they were going for. I just, I just imagine. I just imagine Tony in 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 the lab, just like on the phone with him, just like, like happy. Just write the check. Just write the check. I, I've got a bunch of zeros. Just put a number in front of it. I don't care. Cut the check. <laughs> Cut the check. Cut the. In that moment when it gets taken out from him, 
there's this level of powerlessness yeah. that Toombs has. Um, and I think if you marry that with what I was talking about before with that whole auto worker, this kind of stuff, yeah. it's the idea of having your entire livelihood taken away from you by not only automation and or the things, you know, the new things that are coming into the world, right. but you're just out of touch. You're just not, you know? And Toombs did feel like a, a, a villain that became who he was to never be powerless again. Yeah. To never feel like the old feeble man who does not have his finger on the pulse. Like, I, I got all this taken care of. I'm taking care of my peoples. You understand? I'm running this whatever I, I learned about is. all this alien tech now. This is the way? This is the way. It's been over half a decade. No one's caught me flying into the same headquarters every night. <laughs> you know, after every, after every haul. But it's cool. We got this. We done figured it out. Um, and also to his credit, the entire time he's he's uh he's constantly denying quote unquote the big haul because he's just like like no like yes let's stay the heck off their radar we keep yeah. this small this is manageable this is working and depending on how you want to see it I do think that they invite the shades of gray with with tombs but he's stealing alien tech yeah so he's not necessarily breaking into your house to steal your Xbox he's right. stealing. The Xbox somebody left at your house, you know what right. <laughs> accidentally, and so um, how'd you like that plot of reverse engineering Chitauri tech to make um, weapons? I thought that was interesting because, it, like, in my brain, I'm considering, uh, and and I guess this is just the uh, the trope of sci-fi in general. Yeah. Uh, that like, how did these humans figure out this assumedly advanced alien tech? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they go to great lengths to show that there's only one guy that really has his hand on the thing. I guess so. And I think he's supposed to be playing the mad tinkerer. Yes, he is. Um, and so, if you know that, you, you, you can yada yada away from it. But I do think... I guess. Like, I didn't know Tinkerer enough to, th- to say that, like, he can handle advanced alien tech. I just knew he was smart and an inventor. I love that people watching uh, Captain Marvel go, oh... So she could just plug her wrist thing into a payphone and everything works. But y'all fine with him gluing a Chitauri rock to a gun and now it's doing whatever the heck he wanted to do. But not like, only that, was that fine. but like, like it, he makes it very clear that like, um, I think, I don't, I don't even know if it was the eight years before or after, but like. Oh, which is also in, in a controversy in yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> but like, like Tombs already understands that like, no, 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 no. You have to beat the alien thing with the other alien thing. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't uh, just take a, and that was a regular early saw on. to it. Yeah, that was something early on. He found that right when he was in uh, Grand Central Station um, messing around with it that. Only, like, it only stuff. works on its own stuff. Yeah. Um, what did you think about that reveal at the time and now moving forward that this was uh, Liz Allen's father? Um, it, I, got, it, it got me. I love that they play to our... Bias of assuming, right. of assuming. You're assuming it's an all-black family. There's, there's rarely mixed families on television, let alone superhero right. properties. Superhero properties very rarely right. give you a mixed family. But they also play on the idea that it is potentially an unmarried family, so she yeah. doesn't have his name. Yes. And also, um, in, in doing so, when it is revealed, it kind of looks at you like... Why couldn't this be the case, right? Like it, it doesn't. You didn't see of it like, coming, right? Yeah, like and why, why didn't not? You, yeah, why didn't you see it? Coming? Is it is it that out of out of left field that this white <laughs> man and this black woman would have a beautiful black daughter? Like what? And it literally puts you on the pedestal of like, what, what are you gonna do about it? You have a problem with this? <laughs> we'll fight about is this it? unrealistic for you? <laughs> what does this say about your preferences in these movies? Um, but I just, I like it. If anything else, 
for just that car scene, bro. That scene that, in the that, car. That scene is great. And, like, I'm just um, – actually, so I watched it this morning before I came in Same. here to do this. Same. So uh, I'm just imagining Parker sitting there as the girl I want to date and I'm taking to the prom is just giving my world yes. away. Yes, yes. My first, um, my like first memory at the at the academic thing. No, I didn't. My memories were that that scene was tense, but that Tombs had come up with it on his own, like through, oh. through through some kind of through some kind of back and forth talk. Right. When I watched it this morning, I'm like, oh, she laid it out. Like, oh no, I couldn't have been there. I was at the party, but yeah, you left at the party. But you left just like you left at DC. No, <laughs> just like you no, left when we was in DC, and you can see Tombs like. DC party that party night was the night of the, and then the DC night was a, oh Wait, all right the boy Wait disappears and Spider Man shows up and then the that boy beautiful the beautiful moment of the lighting when that green light hits uh, he's like at a stoplight and the green light hits covers his whole face and he's like good old, old Spider Man <laughs> awesome stuff man and that guy's face tells a story uh, uh, Michael Keaton I don't know what right. it is he just feels like he has uh, again the whole weight on his shoulders and in this case not only is he doing the best for his family but he has an extended family in these workers he really feels a responsibility for them and their livelihoods as well right. even though he had to gas one out because he i felt like that guy was kind of blackmailing him uh he didn't know though <laughs> he didn't know it was gonna kill him that was uh, he was uh like, this isn't the oh Jesus I call that guy Dom Dom Hardy because he kind of looks like Tom Hardy yeah, a little yeah. bit, but they look like they couldn't I, I get, get him. It. They couldn't get him for Discount that. Discount Tom Hardy. Yes, I do like that when they're doing the buy. Sorry, Tom Hardy stunt double. Yeah, right. They do the buy with the Prowler, mm-hmm. Aaron Davis, Charles yep. Gambino. How many other names? He has one more. Donald Glover. <laughs> yes, the real one. Yes. Um, they when they're doing the buy with him in the beginning. Um, He's like, I don't want nothing that could send people to space. I just want a, something that could stick somebody like, up with. People back in time. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I just want something that I could just stick want to stick up with. A, a, a bodega, man. But then the guy's like running through stuff of the summer stuff he said that he's got. And he one of the things he says that he's got is anti-gravity boots. Yeah. Or anti-gravity, like, yeah, boots, I want to say they are. And that's something that the Prowler has. And he says, like, for real? Like, like, in a, like kind of like, a, y'all got that? And it, it made me think, like... Well, this is so cool. Like they, they are opening the gates for for all that stuff. Even though I don't know if Aaron Davis is gonna go heel. He I looks, don't know. He I looks a little bit too good for that. I don't even know if that. he will. But like, like yeah, there are a lot of little things that they like. Uh, the people who wrote this were definitely just like, we're going to just sprinkle little bits of of the of the massive Spider Man universe into this thing. Yeah, like the Asian girl at the. Academic decathlon. Oh, yes. His name's Cindy. I was like, I ah, see what you did there. Cindy Moon. Y'all funny. I didn't even think about that. Betty Brant's the little uh, school newscaster. It would have took a little more testicular fortitude, but I think they could have had Spider-Man chase Shocker to the ends of the earth. Um, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Shocker was there. You know, he could have chased. I get, I, I, I get that Tom Holland may have not been that upset at the time. Nah. But um, uh, two Shockers. Yes. You get two Shockers in this. I thought that was pretty cool. Apparently they were, they were both the same Shockers that were, uh, like, the, the guy... That People, fake right? uh, Tom Hardy was playing is also like a, was a character that got the shocker. A version for a of the bit. shocker because literally you just need the gauntlets and then you're the shocker. So right. You can Although just... they did both kind of have yellow sleeves. Yes. At some yes. point, which I was just like, mm. I just realized that whole thing is a little bit of what they're doing in Flash, right? This whole like tech 
make gives you powers kind of thing. Sort <laughs> of, yeah. Uh, uh, we're just like we're just sort of replacing uh, powers with tech because like it's it's. You can't give everybody powers. It's so much easier to do instead of, like, everyone has superpowers. It's also so easy to deactivate, you know yeah. what I'm saying, as opposed to I have to kill this you man now take because... Away. Yeah. Um, uh, I... Scorpion? Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't realize as I watched it today that Garkin gets mentioned twice before they even show him. Oh, really? Yeah. And he has that cool Scorpion tattoo. They <laughs> he, they, they mention, they, they offhandedly mention, without any emphasis, is like, we still got that Garkin deal coming up, right? Yeah, cool. Okay. On the ship. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, without any reference to the name or anything, like, you, 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 like, vaguely see him on the ferry, and that's about it. Okay. But, like, there's no real, like, camera on Gargan, this is who he is, until the end credit scene. Do you think the majority of these villains, especially, like, these Sinister Six villains, are going to be regular people pushed to, like, the edge? Um, Do you think we're ever going to get I our think Gargan's mustache- already on the edge. Do you think we're going to get <laughs> our mustache-twirling villain? Because I feel like... Um, and then we'll go into this. I actually wrote a list of, of tropes that I feel like are in the other Spider-Man films that aren't in this one and new things in this film that have never been done in a Spider-Man film before. Okay. And one of those things that I have is that, for the most part, in my opinion, Adrian Toomes is not crazy. Right. In, in fact, he's incredibly reasonable. Harry's crazy. Norman's crazy. Yes. Uh, Doc Connors is crazy. Octopus is talking to his tendrils. He's uh, talking uh, to his, his arms. I, I, I'd say... Connors is is more like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. Yeah, but that's craziness. But so is Norman. Norman's talking to himself in the mirror, right? Uh, we should do this. No, we shouldn't. Yes, we should. <laughs> He's doing the same. He, well, well, yeah, that's mo- craziness. Uh, uh, movie Osborne is, yes. is is crazy. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, of of all the movie, I feel like it's a movie trope. Okay, yeah, that his villains go crazy. Right, they start kind of sinister there's and always some sort of mental crazy. like right but tombs i don't think was ever crazy no desperate maybe you know sinister maybe but, but i don't think it was crazy but highly reasonable because like yes. even like oh okay i figured out he's spider-man but at the same time i immediately remember okay but spider-man saved my daughter yes okay that kind of cancels everything out for me i'm gonna give him a shot here yeah and also i saved his life remember he was like i saved your life you should yeah. thank me. <laughs> or whatever. So you have that too. But how do you feel about that portrayal of a normal man? Like, does that does that uh, play around with this hardened idea of morality when it comes to Spider-Man? How clean cut of a oh, For Spider-Man, hero? yes. Because I was just like, I think we've already introduced the idea that a seemingly normal man can do damage with planning and intelligence. Yeah. It's the entire Civil War film. Yes. But uh, I, I also... Enjoy the idea that, um, yeah, we we had a villain that was just as on the ground as Spider-Man. Because even though he is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, all of his villains, almost all of his villains seem to be fantastical. Yeah. Um, and this is just a dude with tech that can uh, cause him some problems. But it's not like, he's not out of his mind. He's a pretty smart guy. He gives them several chances. They, you made a good point there. Um, Tombs is the other side of that coin. Yeah. Because there's no... I, in the same way that I would assume, unless I, there is a, in that beautiful series, Four Dummies, unless there is a superhero for dummies <laughs> book, I'm going to also assume there is no supervillains for dummies book. Right. And the same way that your your motives are, uh, you know, are the beginnings of you creating this character for yourself, this, this necessity, mm-hmm. almost, it is still training wheels, right? Like... Tombs is still trying to realize, like, how 
deep am I in this? Yeah. And so Spider-Man. Spider-Man's like, how much am I supposed to be giving to this? Right. And um, it's interesting because we see the the line of tombs. He's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill him. Like, I'm not yeah. gonna. And well, even when given a chance, that, I'm not that even same gonna... line of that same line of tomb of tombs is that like, um, at least if I'm understanding it correctly, I'm like, I'm not going to go after the Avengers. Yes. We're trying to stay well under that radar. But I mean, after the fact when he's in prison, um, Gargan acts, says, he, you know who Spider-Man is. Yeah. You know, I heard you know who Spider-Man is. Give him up. And in that moment, maybe through some altruistic or, uh, you know, feeling of feeling that his life was saved, um, he doesn't give him up. Right. And you think that that would be a time where, um, you know, somebody, they, he, they, he would, would, they would do the heavy handed, uh, I know six guys. Wow, six? That sounds sinister. And then, <laughs> ding, and right. then kind of post credit stuff like that. But yeah, could have gave him up. Spider Man Robotur. Yeah, could have gave him up, uh, didn't. Um, does that make Tombs redeemable? Um, potentially, but I guess that depends on, like, that'd be an interesting thing you could do down the line. But there's no way they, they left that dangling. At least call to it because I would assume Gargan's coming back somewhere down the line. Absolutely. Um, even if he was nowhere to, sh- to be shown in this next one, which again probably not going to happen, he probably will be there. Actually, for um, amusement, as we talk it up, um, who look it up? Who are the original Sinister Six? Because I don't think I've ever known. If I had to guess, it's uh, I feel like Mysterio's on there, Scorpion's on there, Rhino, um, Ock, uh, Chameleon. And because then I recently heard that like Scorpion was never actually on the Sinister Six. Are right, you ready? Ready for one? this? Original Sinister Six: OGSS, Doctor Octopus, Electro, Craven, Mysterio, Sandman, Vulture. Okay. So if you had to switch it up with people we got now, you could probably do Vulture, Mysterio, Scorpion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you want to do Doc Ock, Craven, you have to introduce all those there. Um, but there's been there's been a bunch of iterations. I don't even think they were able to call them the Sinister Six in the cartoon. They would have called it like some uh, other kind of six. I have no idea. I think, in- oh, I think, I like think the- Sinister Six is the name of one of the titles, though. I think they're like the Insidious Six or something like that. Oh, that's hilarious. You understand? Like some kind of weird uh, Sinister... Yep. The group is called the Insidi- Insidious Six in the 1994 animated series. Okay. And it's Dr. Octopus, Mysterio, Shocker, Chameleon, Rhino, Scorpion. Chameleon? Yeah. Which, rumor has it, Chameleon might be showing up in the next Spider-Man film. I, I heard that somewhere, and I was just like, I don't know Chameleon well enough. To, I, I don't even remember him in that cartoon, and I love that show. He just had, I remember having a belt that could make him turn to other people. Uh, he, looked like, he looked like Voldemort. So he's just Morph. Yeah, but he looked like Voldemort. He's tech morph. Uh, and then he used to hit a belt on, a button on his belt, and he used to turn into other people. Gotcha. Um, and depending on who they're setting up in this next film, you know, maybe we get a Hydro Man or right. something like that, and then we can move forward there with the Sinister Six and stuff. But um, And the video game gives you... Um, oh, it's a different... Yes, it is, right? Different gives you Shocker, I think, or Electro. I think it's Electro. It's from Electric Base Villain. He, yeah. It, it, that's where the slot says. It says right, Electric right. Base Villain. Animal <laughs> Villain, Animal Villain, Animal Villain. They're almost all Animal Villain. Doctor. Right. <laughs> and, and so I think it gives you Electro, Rhino, Scorpion, Dr. Octopus. Uh, Goblin? A lot of them paired up. Huh? Goblin? Goblin's never on those No, teams, right? no, no, not he's at all. He's too OG. He, they're, they're going after Goblin. Yeah, he's too by himself. He's like, I'm not. Because Doc Ock's entire plan is Goblin. 
um, oh, I forgot you don't even have a PlayStation. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So it, modern it, problems. Right. <laughs> Electro, Scorpion, Rhino, Doc Ock, uh, and two others that I, uh, three others. Obviously, I can't. I remember. feel like there's t- is tech, other tech people too. Like, it might be. Yeah, and don't forget. Oh, yeah. there's also uh, there's Mr. Negative, which was like the advertised villain for the entire game. Yes. And they also, you know, they they teased a sort of Sinister Six in the Amazing Spider-Man series. We right. had already been introduced to Electro and uh, the Rhino. I am the Rhino. But then we we saw in <laughs> that place, I think we saw the Scorpion tail and like um, Vulture wings. Oh, is that the thing where like the dudes walking through this yeah. room and like there's a whole bunch of yes. Mm. And they were so they were supposed to be setting up for a Sinister Six movie. Okay. Um, that never came to fruition. But you know, this is one of those things like Brainiac and Superman. Like they keep talking about they wanted to do it in this one and they wanted to do it in that one. They're gonna eventually get to do it and they're eventually going to do it. And so maybe they are setting up the Sinister Six for this. And if they do that, do you see Vulture being in that? Do you see uh uh? Reluctant Vulture being that. Was... I can see Reluctant Vulture. Yeah. I can see he gets roped into it. Yeah. And maybe becomes a thing that helps. Because, like, uh, I don't know. I guess on my ha- on one hand, like, I guess you certainly don't see Spider-Man beating all six of them at once. Yes. So there's got to be some, you know, divide and conquer or some uh, inside force that helps you out. Yeah. Uh, maybe that is Reluctant Vulture who redeems himself and helps out. Yeah, that's always a tough gamble. Spider-Man yeah. and Sinister Six. Good lord. It's always hard, though, um, because I do think a lot of the other Spider-Man villains, like, some of them are doctors. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of the, the hubris is what is the issue, right? This over... These overarching ideas of I'm better than everyone else or I have the best ideas or I deserve the most, where Toons was just this hardworking right. kind of man who just was like, I don't want better than anyone else. I just want my part of the world and just leave me alone, <laughs> you know, right. like, I just want my chunk of the cake, and you keep telling me that somebody else bought the cake, so I'm, I can't have any. How, how, how did you feel about uh, Peter's co-stars in this one? I like the idea of giving his classmates identity, because it, it gives you, it gives you a little bit more stakes, and it gives you a little bit more um, uh, lived, of a lived-in feel, which I never felt like, I feel like the one criticism I have against those Tony, uh, those Tony, those Tobey Maguire Spider-Man <laughs> films, is that the rest of the world kind of feels artificial okay besides the peep the, the people in them i don't believe in that new york too much really yeah they just and that's another thing on on my list is of, it like the friends new york where it's too white yeah <laughs> it's it's too it's stylized i feel like okay. i do feel like it's stylized uh um and so is so is school in general like mm. i don't remember many school scenes in spider-man i remember them going on there's the field one trip. there's the one with your man manganello yeah. Where he catches the lunch tray after the fight. Yeah, so you get the lunchroom and you get a hallway. Yeah. And that's it. And then they and then, all graduate. And then, the, and then yeah, they all graduate <laughs> and the school trip. Right. Where the teacher is the same age as everybody there. Right. <laughs> you know? And so um, I I do like, like, I liked recognizing actors as teachers and being like, I know that guy. Oh, Hannibal Barres is, is, is a gym teacher. <laughs> you know? This is Captain America. I'm pretty sure he's a war criminal now, but we have to listen to this. <laughs> How did you feel about Ned Leeds? Ned, I dig Ned, aka Genki. I did, I dig so Ned. I like Genki. Genki. I like Genki more. For those who are, uh, don't understand what we're, what we're saying, um, Ned Leeds is actually the name of the character that would eventually go on to play 
um, the Hobgoblin in the comics. Mm. That is the name of that character. Okay, it's, see, that it's, I didn't know. So Ned Leeds is actually, um, he is a friend of Peter's in, yes. in the comics. Um, a regular looking kid, and eventually he goes on to becoming a Hobgoblin. In the Ultimate Spider-Man Miles Morales comics, his best friend is named Genki, and he looks exactly like the actor who plays Ned Leeds in this, and which has given people the idea that they're just smushing those two together to give... Because um, people really like Genki. And one of the things also on this list of things that they did for the first time in a Spider-Man film is he has an ally who knows who he is. Yes. This was something we've never seen before. Right. Didn't happen in the Maguire Spider-Man. Didn't happen in um, Andrew Garfield. Other than like, oh, okay, in the movies, yeah. Yeah. Other yeah. than other other than the allies he has that are mostly toxic to his life. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, but, uh, like, uh, like sort of black hat. If anything, movie. in those films, the villains knew more about that he was Spider-Man yeah. than anybody else. Yeah. You know, and um, so having Ned there to also exposit worries and wonders, you know, do you lay eggs? Can you control a whole army of spiders? Like. That helped with the playful nature of everything. Because you got to think that these are questions that Peter might have, might think are dumb now, but had to cross off a list yeah. a month ago because he didn't know. Right. Um, he didn't know any better. What do you think about Genki? Or um, <laughs> how do you think about Ned Leeds in this? I, I just felt bad that they took Miles' friend away. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought he was fun. I thought he was pretty funny. And, and it was nice to see. Like, I, it's another point of what you, uh, another thing about the point you made. Like, yeah, here's this high school kid. He probably has friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he probably has this kid he hangs out with every day. He's obviously as nerdy as he is. Yeah, it's, um, it's Jacob Batalone. Yes, and now that I see him bald, it just it, it makes it very obvious that that's a wig and it's hilarious looking. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Hawaiian. Yeah. Um, I like it, but I also feel that it takes a, it. It fundamentally changes the Spider-Man character, right? Okay. Because it's the same thing, like I said about the Tony Stark thing. One and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm this is literally just a tr- uh, a stream of thought, a stream of consciousness. Sure. But I feel like one of the things about Spider-Man is the fact that he's always in over his own head. Okay. And the fact that he is usually because of his secret alone. Right. And cast a shoulder everything as a child because he can't let the secret out for the fear of people getting hurt. And so when you have it in this universe, Tony knows, the Avengers know. And Ned knows, and now Aunt May knows at the end of the film. Right. Um, things will become easier for him, so we don't have to deal with those tropes. But those tropes had weird stakes that have always been fundamental to the Spider-Man character. That is true. Um, I think my I think my issue with that, and well, not my issue with it, but I think my uh, my back door out of that is basically that we had five movies of those tropes already. Yes. So it it as you said, yeah, there are a lot of tropes that. Don't get that. Don't get done in this film, and I think it's because we need to avoid uh, as much similarity to the other five films without getting too far away from Spider-Man at the same time. Yeah. So like we 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 almost have to craft this wholly unique Spider-Man in um in the writing without straying from the heart of the character. There's also like you said, it's a brand new Spider-Man, but. In, in almost in the almost in the vein of BVS, they are leaning on your understanding of the character as a whole. Right. So they don't have to do everything. Right. They don't have to reestablish everything. They're kind of. But why did it work here, and not work in BVS? Was Batman not given enough time? Um. I don't know. Because I don't origin. think anyone's problem was with Batman in BVS. 
I mean, he was going to kill an alien, bro. That was my problem with Batman. But teachers. Sure, own. sure, sure. Um, a I, lot of people came out of that loving Batman. Yes, so. yes. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have that warehouse scene. That warehouse scene was pretty boss. I mean, hey, if you loved, uh, if you loved the Arkham games, it looked real familiar. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> I was just waiting for him to clothesline one of the, <laughs> do the right. grappling hook clothesline. Right. But uh, that, yeah, that was pretty legit. Yeah, but I, I do wonder. I maybe people just e- go easier on Spider-Man. People just a lot of people really, really, really did not like Amazing Spider-Man too. So maybe they were just a little bit happier to just go on an adventure with a new Spider-Man. That was kind of cool. Maybe. Um, how did you like the new Aunt May? So I didn't know. I, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, that's kind of young. But then I was like, everyone's kind of young. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I didn't know she but was also, actually But also, logically got... speaking, an aunt would not be that old of a woman for a teenage boy. <laughs> and not to step on anybody's toes, not to get overly sensitive, and not to um, uh, offend anyone. But in this day and age, and in New York, aunts are getting younger and younger. Yes. Point blank period. Moms are getting younger and younger. Yes. And so that idea, um, that rings true. I didn't know that she actually took, like, backlash for it. Like, I knew that people had it in their minds, like, oh, it was young. But I thought it was one of those things that people would wait and see. Yeah. Turns out uh, Marissa Tomei actually took, like, backlash for it. Like, people were giving her I believe it. crap for it. Um. And the director said that, like I like I just said, it would be it's more realistic the fact that she would be almost more like a um, an older sister as opposed to a grandmother. Yeah, you know then like she's always portrayed... wait. That's my aunt. She's eighty years old. Like what yeah. happened here? Like she's portrayed as a grandmother, but they call her aunt for a mother he doesn't know. Yes. So why is she this old? Which would that that would make his mom roughly similar in age. So if right. Aunt May is sixty, then let's say his mom is fifty, which would still be really really old if if uh, Peter's sixteen. There's just this massive or fifteen gap in, gap in sisters. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't really I didn't really mind. Um, Sister and brother. I didn't really mind her her thing at all, and I actually liked that. I felt that once you started to question. Aunt May, like, God do I dig this Aunt that. May? Like, did I? Dig- God forbid yeah. we do that. Did I dig this? Aunt- like, do I dig this Aunt May? She is kind of young. Right when you're having those feelings about it, I feel like the director goes uh, the same way that I said that he made you be like, um, "Oh, do you have a problem with mixed things?" Right. They go to great lengths to show that the world thinks that Aunt May's hot, <laughs> and so it goes to be like, I think he larves you. Yeah, so it goes to be like, um. Do you have a problem with Aunt May being hot? Can she not be hot? Do you not think Marissa Tomei is hot? What's the issue here? Right. And you start to go like, uh, well, uh, uh, and then you kind of just resign to, Which yeah, is funny because, I guess she can like, be hot. <laughs> Which is funny because arguably, like, Marissa Tomei is probably technically playing a slightly younger woman than she actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Her and Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. has been in films together, and he's running on 50 yeah. uh, close to. And so, just like I said, you could have the 50-year-old Aunt May, but you got to, you know, play around with those dolls a little bit. Sure. Um, I did like that she wasn't in trouble. <laughs> Do you understand? Those right. eyes! Say it! Say it! Finish it! And deliver us from evil! <laughs> you're, not spot, you're not Superman, you know? I, I, I freaking love... <laughs> oh, Norman? Willem Dafoe. Oh, Norman. Willem Dafoe is awesome. Let's talk about some of these Spider-Man movie well, tropes. Oh, hold on, hold on. Go ahead, I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta hit you with the big one that everyone oh. wanted, to have to oh. talk, wanted to talk about at the time. Let me hear it. How 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 did you feel about Zendaya, Michelle, uh, MJ? So this is gonna. I'm gonna try to say this in the in the least creepiest way possible. 
Which means it's uh, immediately going to fail. I have no brothers. I only have sisters, and they they are exponentially younger as they go down in line. Okay. Um, and so years You're the ago, elder statesman. Yeah, years ago, um, one of my sisters was watching the Disney Channel. Okay. And that was my first time I ever saw Zendaya. I see where this is going. And so I saw Zendaya, and I'm like, that actress, like, ha- she has something. Like, she's emoting in ways that other kids on the show is not. She 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 is skillfully ahead of her class. Right. And I and I remember. That, putting that little seed down and so then when i heard she was in this movie i was all like oh you know i I dig that and then i remember saying to myself like oh they're gonna do homecoming she's gonna show up in the red hair and the dress like it's gonna be she's all that it's gonna be like oh you didn't like me before and you you're liking liz allen yeah and then all of a sudden our song's gonna play you know um and I don't want the world. <laughs> and then she just turns around. Not Iris. No. Oh, no, put heroes on. And they say that a hero <laughs> can save us. And, so, and then she turns around. Welcome to click karaoke. And they, do, and they do it. And they were going to do the reveal. But they were a lot uh, more tame than I thought they would be. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's more of a uh, like a fear of backlash kind of deal Mm-mm. because there there was a bit of a backlash to the sure. to the announcement of of uh of Zendaya. Michelle Jones as yes uh, uh being as MJ MJ yes Mary Jane-esque maybe sort of do you think that soft MJ allows for an actual MJ or do you think this soft MJ is MJ It absolutely does um I I I'm, I'm not claiming it is but I would not be surprised if it was a backdoor. Okay. Like, yeah. we can do comic-accurate Mary Jane Watson if we must, and if that's we, our backdoor out of if it. If we must. If we must. No, but we that. can also... And if you've noticed, they are really teasing it real hard now. How did you like... Because um, did you see she showed up at the premiere... Yes, with red the spider... Headed. With a spider... Like a weird spider dress? No, but... Not a she, weird spider dress. she showed up red-headed. Oh yes, yes, yes! I saw her in the London photo. And then she, she had posted like a... "Face It Tiger" yeah, on, yeah. on yep. her Instagram. I was just like, "Ah, yep, yep." Deal yep. with it. Deal with your your brown. <laughs> I I definitely I I like her acting. I like I like the aloof nature of it. I've always liked when the female is a bit of a challenge for the male protagonist. Right. I'm I'm a romantic. So I'm not over the swoony damsel, but uh, too much of that can get a little bit. Yeah, I want my women to be capable. I sort of enjoy. <laughs> I know? sort of enjoy this idea. I guess maybe it's more entertaining for me that like like Peter cannot read her at all. No, she can't. nobody can really. And and it's almost as if she can see through him. Right, but she's also like purposely p- keeping people off kilter. Yes. So it's like 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 the the party scene where it's just like wow. You guys are what are you guys doing this for a lame party? It's like I you're was, here too. I was more on the scene. Am I? I was more on the scene where um, she's like, "I'm not going in there," and they're like, "Why?" She's like, "I'm not going to go into a place built by slavery." And he's like, "It's not built by slavery." And he looks at the security guard, and the security guard's doing it that with his hands, like it might be. Kind of is. Um, so like that felt more like like she's just trying to put people on on this, um, keep them on yeah. his toes. Keep on so. like, every, everyone's like not quite got her figured out. <laughs> um, but I yeah I like them. I keep make them challenging. That's the reason why. And I know you're not running to do this, but I love 
Gwen Stacy and Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2 because at one point he's, he's like, all right, you stay here. And you see she's not she's not staying. She, and she argues with him in the Spider-Man suit. Like, she knows it's Peter. She's like, no, you're not just going to tell me to stay. You know, stay I'm going to do what I want. I'm capable. I, I can do this while you go do the other right. stuff. And I like I like a little bit of that. I obviously get the whole romanticism of like, I'm hopeless and I can't do anything until you show up. But it's 2019. Ramp people up. Let's but get my, them there. My problem with that all the time is that it, uh, I think... Um, actually, this came up in our chat room, and I, uh, I think um, Dan kind of, like, uh, has Shout an attachment. Yes, Dan Comic Brand has a bit of attachment to, like, you know, the classic MJ and yeah. whatnot. And I was just like, Dan, actually describe to me Mary Jane Watson's character. Yeah. <laughs> and you mostly can't because they have nothing to really do for her other than to be the prize that Peter Parker wins. And I maintain that... Uh, because that original trilogy's Mary Jane is one of the worst romantic interests in a superhero film because not only does she lack character depth, but the things that they do make that character do are not great things. And she she can't hold a job. She kisses multiple men over the series of these three movies where I take I'm guessing are like years apart. Sure. Uh, she on again, off against Peter at every turn. And Peter on again, off against her. Um, it's a bunch of just weird stuff in that relationship in general. And she already had. A, a duffel bag full of drama. But there's also the sort of before like, they even got together, she already had a bunch of, of like, stuff. Weird, will they, won't they, with Harry? What was that about? <laughs> and it wasn't a will they, won't they. At one point, they dated. She brought him over to. She, he brought her over for dinner. Right. And then he's like, oh, I thought she would be somebody nicer, son. He's like, I love her. And then she's like, I love Peter. And then she's like, I love that astronaut. And she's like, I think I love Harry again. No, 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 no. Over it. Up and over it. Uh, but it's, it's a it's a it's a tough cookie to crack, and the only way people have cracked it, from what I've seen, has been to completely revamp the character. Yes, Ultimate Spider-Man made her want to be a bit more of an active um, character in the and entire... have her own goals. Yeah, her own goals and her own dreams and her own things that she wants to accomplish. Spider-Man PS4 pretty much follows that exact same thing. She becomes a reporter, and not only is is all about the Spider-Man life, but becomes a relay for him. You would also think that that's what would attract Spider-Man to a girl. Sure. Something that he doesn't have or something that she has more of than he does. Right. Whereas, I don't get why Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man liked Mary Jane there. Because she's the pretty girl next door that he's pined over it since felt more was... like It felt more like the thing that you always wanted to do, but you never did. And so, because you never did it, it, it it's, it's, it's this mystical unicorn yeah. kind of thing. And then you bring the unicorn home, and you realize you have to feed the unicorn. <laughs> and that the unicorn craps rainbow oh, it, oh, it requires stuff. food yes. and, 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 and maintenance. Yes. And the rainbow unicorn is, I mean, the unicorn is pooping rainbows everywhere. Now you got to clean that up, and you got to find a place to house this thing. And it all, the dream kind of fades less and less. And... um that you know, kids, take that lesson home with you too. Like, right. find somebody that that's gonna be there for you. Find somebody that that's gonna complete, uh, you know, your puzzle there. It's going to be an active participant in the life you lead. Just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little, a little bit. bit, and somebody who just won't randomly kiss strangers in the rain. All right, <laughs> I know that's a minor, I know that's a minor thing there, but yeah, you know, yeah. Um. So what else? What did they have? fire her for in that diner? Remember that? Huh? They fired her in the diner. She, they literally, she's outside, and the boss comes out. He's like, "You're fired." Oh, yeah, I forgot. She's like taking tips or something like that. And they're like, get out of here. No, I think she was short. And then she shows up to the she shows up to the uh, Broadway show, and they fire her from that again. Yep. MJ's a dumpster fire, but 
Speaking about that, yeah, speaking about that trilogy of films and then the Garfield films, let's talk about the Spider-Man movie tropes that are not in this film, but that were all over those other five. And you tell me whether or not I'm right that they weren't in this film or if whether or not they they were laying the groundwork for it. And also let me know if you like the subtraction, if you like the fact that they're not in this film. No origin. This includes the Spider-Man bite, the symptoms, trying out the powers and the death of Uncle Ben. Um, so for it. Absolutely for it. Absolutely for not it not being in the film? We know it. Yeah. We all know it. There's been there's been way too much Spider Man media to not know it. And, yeah. and like it's 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 not even like it's a convoluted origin. It get Spider Bites kid, kid becomes Spider Man. Move on. And yet it's crazy because you're right. We have seen it done to death and yet they found a refreshing way to do it with Miles. Where if you didn't know those beats the same way. Right. You know? They can put them in different places and they'd be like, oh, wow, it, oh, it's the same thing. Like, oh, that, but like, also made the running joke, but also made the trope of the spider origin the running joke of the film. Yes. Where there's like four Everyone of them. dies. Yeah. Everyone, everyone finds somebody who died, gets bit by a spider, finds somebody who dies. And they showed each one of them, the spider yeah. bite, all that stuff. Um, how do you feel about the whole trying out the powers thing? Do you feel like you missed anything on that? Um, no, because you pretty much get that in the scene where he's going through the, the freaking holodex on the suit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just AI now. And his friendly neighborhooding, uh, uh, when he was a friendly neighborhood avenging, when he d- takes the bike. You get it there, and, and the you churro. get it when he goes through the... Um, <laughs> the web combinations and stuff? When him when him and Kevin go through the... Like, she puts him on the refresher course or whatever. Yeah. When he's trapped inside the... Web grenades and all that kind of stuff. When yeah. he's trapped inside the warehouse. Yeah. So, like, that's how he learns. Definitely. That's how he learns everything in that, you know, in a montage... Big old Spider-Man movie trope. No Manhattan web swinging. Uh, I heard there were some complaints about that. I also know there's there's a few deleted scenes, but there's a moment of it. Really? Uh, there's there's a scene of... Oh, well, you have that scene from the trailer of him and Iron Man. Yes. <laughs> that's, never, that's never shown. Right. Because uh, there's fakery in, in trailers. Yes, as they do. Did you not know that? They uh, lied to you. Uh, it's getting worse and worse, bro. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I uh, you like that? Don't like that? Do you think we'll see didn't that in mind, the next one? Because I honestly didn't notice it. Well, it probably won't be in the next one because they're probably in but Europe, I also right? th- But I also think that um, they went out of their way to completely make fun of that trope when he's in the suburbs and, and there's no buildings swing. to swing yeah. on. Because it's not everything is Manhattan. Right. The literal jungle gym for a guy like Spider-Man. So he's anywhere like, oh, else. North Dakota ain't working. You know what I'm saying? think that through. Yes. Yep. Perfect. Gonna have to national lampoon this one. Um... No, now this 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 one might not be right. So let me know if my memory is correct. Let's see what I can do. There's no no one notices slash no one likes Peter scenes. No one likes Peter. There's a bunch of like no one likes Peter Parker scenes in the original Spider-Man trilogy. Okay. Like ah, uh, it's Peter, or you know, like people like um J uh, Jay Jonah's rude to him. The pizza delivery guy's rude to him. It's Flash. Yeah, only Flash, and he's a bully, so that's his that's his right. jam. But I feel like. Peter is overall more liked in this film by like the deli owner and by like the teachers at least talk to him in a respectful manner. I feel like everybody in the Raimi Spider-Man films talked to Peter like if he was a jerk. Right. Like he was an absolute the bus driver's trying to drive away. Everyone looks you know, like down every, on him and treats him like garbage. <laughs> like garbage. And I don't know if that helps the character or hurts no. the character. Do you no, like the whole idea fact, that uh because in fact like yeah the the deli owners uh they clearly have a, a, a relationship. They're buddies. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, his his friends under the ca- like 
the people on the decathlon with him. He has friends. Like, yeah, the people on his athletic decathlon clearly respect him and know that he's like one of the smartest guys in the group and and know that he is integral to their success. Yeah. They almost make it a point to be like Harry's only friends with him because he used to be friends with him. Right. And that he probably does Harry's homework. Right. (laughs) The the, the moment where he, the moment where someone like him and a lot of other films would be neglected is completely stepped on when Liz invites him to the pool party. Yes. Like the pretty girl that I like wants me to go see her in a bikini. Yeah. That's another big thing that like people like Peter in this where like I said again um, I, re- I also remember the scene like of Peter I th- or, or MJ waving at by the who way, we when think I is Peter this, I'm sorry to cut you off by the way when I watched it this morning because it's in my mind <laughs> I I never noticed it before and I, I started to love the running joke of the uh, the black kid who just goes Flash is wrong oh yeah yes yes that's an actual thing they keep you just back make sure to. to keep saying it Flash is wrong yeah they keep uh, they keep uh, calling back. I to think that. it comes up like three times. First time Flash is a DJ too. Yeah, the DJ Flash. Um, there's a, there's scenes in that trilogy. You remember like he drops his book and like no one sees him, so they're hitting him with the book bag. They're walking uh, yeah, past him with the book bag. All over him. No one notices him. They're waving at people behind him because no one notices him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the waiters are rude. The people at the Broadway thing are rude. You know, like, everyone's a jerk to Tobey Maguire. And I feel that, that I was like, what the heck is up with that? But in this, I like that Tom Holland is more He's like. He's kind of just that neutral get-along kid. Yes. He may not be the most popular, but if, no, you, if you talk to him, you may dig him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you may not think he's the greatest, but he's not He's not offensive. He's not, like, no. uh, causing you to have an extreme reaction either way. Was was the Garfield movies like that? I I, I, so, I think I, he was too cool, and plus he got out of by the second one in the beginning they graduate. Okay, they graduate in the beginning of that movie. I remember so, so little of that they, movie. There's very little of it doing like with with school and stuff. One and I day think I'll rewatch it. And it's the same thing. Like he's friends with Harry, but it's more of like a we used to be friends in when we were younger, and now you're rich and pompous, and so now we're the kid who plays Harry in that movie just weirds me out. Uh, he has a kind of of a fancy name, but I can't remember it right now. Yeah, da- Dane DeHaan. Uh, yes, I, yes, yes. I remember because his first name is Dane. I heard I like, he was oh. like actually like a pretty good actor. He he just made bad decisions. Or he's his also agent in made bad decisions. Yeah, he's in Chronicle. Uh, but he was also in Valerian. Uh, yes, he was. Everyone uh, hated because he was there with an enchantress. That's how you have to say her name. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's how you have to say her name. Um, big one, big Spider-Man trope. Not in this film. No damsel in the third act. <laughs> How do you feel about that, GT? Because I was getting a little tired of that, to be honest. I was getting a little bit tired of everybody kidnapping Spider-Man's girlfriend, trying to dangle her from some random place. Right. And he has to come get her or all her else. And in this, there was no damsel in the third act. It was literally just Coney Island and and, uh, and a plane. Right. Yeah, How'd you, no. How do you feel about that? Um, I was fine with it. I, I was, did, you have, did you ever think it was going to be like Liz Allen or, M- or MJ? Uh dangling from something and choose Spider-Man. I, I never actually gave it a thought, but I I guess I, I think I was actively hoping after realizing that like MJ is nothing but a thing constantly gets saved in every movie. Yes. And then like Dangling, uh, remember dangling. She has yes, to be dangling, dangling from yes. something. Uh and and even though I don't I don't mind it so much in Amazing only because like I guess as people with knowledge of the of the source material, like you know how it ends for Gwen. Yes. I I just understand. It's like the it. movie, it's like the movie where Uncle Ben lives. <laughs> right. You're like, yeah, that's not gonna last. If, though, if you gave yeah. me one, if if you gave me one movie where Ben lived through it, I'd be impressed. But you'd be waiting. You'd be looking at your clock at your watch, going, "Yeah, this bus is never late." You know what I'm <laughs> right, this, right, right. I, you know, I uh, and they should do they should do that. You hear like 
you hear like a like a like a boom or whatever. And he's like, oh, this damn car backfiring. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a bunch constantly of tease something happening. <laughs> like he's, he's getting get killed. Uh, ben God. goes to get ice cream and 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 the store gets held up. And you're like, oh, this is it. And, and then like, the police and show like, up and just and get him. Like, Woo! Right after I left that store, and they robbed it. <laughs> Can you believe it? This city's getting worse and worse. Oh my god! Don't give me a Spider-Man movie because now I'm gonna yeah. write that entire thing. It's like, man, I went to the store today and it's just crazy things went down. Something else people this might... city's just going on its head. <laughs> Something else people had a bit of an issue with, but it's not in the um, Garfield movies. Mm-hmm. No Daily Bugle or James Jonah James Jonah James Jonah Jameson James Jonah Jameson. Yes. Uh, J J Jonah Jameson J squared. Yes. Um, how'd you feel about that? And do you think we're getting one coming up? Do we need one? I don't know if we... Um, would it be a website? No, I'm just saying. If I would be a website. If I would be a website. <laughs> it would be a website? The yeah. Daily Bugle app? Yeah. You Web could, design? Because you could do the ultimate thing where, like, like uh, Peter got the job by teaching him computer... Like, teaching him how to learn their... Hashtags. Computer. Yeah. <laughs> you taught him hashtags. Yeah, how to learn the computers and how to... Uh, Peter Stop can putting be the, the, p- the pound sign and everything. Peter can come What's in and be on? their social media director. Uh, had a uh, web design. I dig it. And, and it would work too because like you could do the thing they put in the, they implement it in the video game where Spider Man could take selfies all across the city. Uh, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you can. I think in this sense, especially, I don't know how it worked in the comic books, but I think the Daily Bugle to some degree represents um, Spider Man's, or rather, Peter Parker the character's step into adulthood. Yes. So yeah. I think that's an important part of his journey. I also, you know... So I'm not, okay with not having it now, because he's still deep in school life. Uh, as you know, comics are always doing a commentary on the modern, um, uh, either justices or injustices. And so I think it would be kind of cool if they la- laid a uh, layer of the seediness of internships <laughs> mm. out here, the seediness of unpaid internships, right. of the, this idea of like, oh, well, if you want to get a job here, we might need a full year of work where we're not paying you right. anything. And like playing around with that idea with Peter, where he's like, I don't, I guess I'll just intern at the paper, you know, right. or the website or whatever that's going on, and playing around with that uh, uh, would be cool in a new age, especially with a young kid who needs the money. Where I felt like Toby needed the money, but I didn't feel like he was a young kid. I mm-hmm. felt like he was a 30 year old that probably should have got his act together by this point. Probably. <laughs> but, probably. Uh, but with Tom, it does feel like a kid who that's his last thing on his mind is money. We He hasn't spoken about it at all, but Peter fundamentally is a poor character. He's, yes. he's never really had. A bunch of money in this and introducing Jay Jonah and the Bugle will start introducing those issues with money and work mm-hmm. and not having enough time for MJ who's then going to kiss your friend or an astronaut or <laughs> something else like that. Jesus. Um, I, I, I think you, you have some uh, I think you have a lot of opportunities to do almost brand new stuff like maybe stuff the comics has never done just with the character yeah. in this in, in this unique situation he is growing into. Okay. Like like maybe he's almost forced to move in with MJ prematurely because now he doesn't want to keep living at his parents, but he but he clearly can't afford, you know, to get his own place. Right, right. Or, yeah, you know, maybe the rent's too damn high. Moving together and they have to grow up. Yeah, and are we gonna see them going to the college years? Because you yeah. know we're we're still in the high school years here. Um, the last thing I have, and this is probably a, a bunch more, so you guys write in if you guys uh, remember any. Last thing I have is no New York Love Spider-Man scenes. <laughs> because in Amazing Spider-Man 1, you have the scene of all the crane workers aligning the cranes so he can throw right. across. 
Um, and you have, if you mess with Spider-Man, you, one of us, you mess with all of us. Hey, all that stuff. Uh, and the train scene where they try to like scare away Doc Ock and they're, yeah. they're, they're doing the Jesus Christ stuff with, um, and then, and then they, 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 they all promise to keep the secret, even yeah. though they have no clue who this Phil boy Lamar, is. Phil Lamar's not going to keep that secret, bro. He's, he's in that crowd. He's not keeping that secret, man. I'm they have you. no clue who that boy even is. Though. No. It's like, and, I've seen this. I see this. Holy unrecognizable face. They take the mask off, revealing a 65-year-old Tobey Maguire, and then go, he's just a kid. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, come horrible. on. Come on. I get what you're going for, but um, yeah. Do you think we're were... getting, do you, are we gearing up for that? Because we're also not in New York for this next one. It's seemingly not in New York for this next one there was, there was It was interesting in that sense because like, it, there was sort of a, New York has an odd, tenuous relationship with Spider-Man. Yeah. Because you get, you get the cart guy that wants Spider-Man to do a flip. That's, and he's my, like, that's one of my favorite parts in this movie. Because, yeah! because it's so... I don't know I don't know why. It's just so irreverent to everything else that's going on. Yeah. Hey, Spider-Man, do a flip. <laughs> and he does do it. Flip. And that was enough. Yeah! <laughs> and, that, and that's it. But, and, but then a few scenes over, it's like... Oh, we're all yelling at him because Spider-Man mistake was took this dude for uh, stealing a carjacker. A car. Yeah, he thought he was stealing his own car, so he uh, webs him up. Uh, I do like the the use of the Spider-Man notes throughout. You know, that's that's a staple of the Spider-Man mythos, leaving notes behind. Oh like, yeah, because oh, he criminal. just cause he forgets things and gets caught up. And he can't. He, he's gonna bounce, so he can't really sit down and yeah. and, and too debrief. Much comfort, too much compartmentalized. Yeah, I can't sit here and debrief you guys. So everything uh, you need to know is on this note, which is just says criminal here, <laughs> signed Family Neighborhood Spider-Man. I did. I did. I did have a good laugh in the theater when um, the the trope that does return. Mm-hmm. Which is strictly a movie trope, which is Spider-Man in the American flag. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Spider-Man always has to be uh, in front with an American flag. I also like that, you know, there's been a lot of characters since these comic book movies have been rolling out that have been red and blue. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are a bit subdued. I do like that they went whole hog with bright blue, bright red in this film yeah. for Spider-Man. Um, because he is a bright character. He's an inspiring character. And so I do like that they went that way. Uh, retrospectively, on the color wheel, the other side of blue is green, and that's who I, uh, Vulture is. Yes. Not only Vulture, but a lot of Spider-Man villains like Green Goblin, Sandman, Mysterio, a lot mm-hmm. of green, uh, Scorpion. A lot yeah, of greens. Yeah, there's a lot of green, a lot of green, green villains. Just playing with that color wheel. Uh, Greens pop on pages. That color wheel theory there. <laughs> um, oh. But I, I, with everything that they didn't do, I also like you saying that they, they, still maintain some of the tropes. And one of the tropes that I think that they kind of played around with was the upside down kiss. Yes. You have the moment where he's upside down and Karen this is telling Spider-Man to, to kiss her. Yes, and I'm like, oh, are they going to do the upside down kiss? But uh, Liz Allen ain't no harlot. She's not going to sit here and just kiss this stranger for one deed of good, uh, one good deed. Right. right? She's not Gwen Stacy who's kissing strangers at a parade. <laughs> She's not uh, MJ who's kissing strangers in the rain. I don't, I don't remember Liz that. Allen. Lord. I need to watch I'm, that movie I'm again. I'm telling you, bro. Liz Allen, uh, she has some standards, bro. She right. has some standards. She did seem quite older than Peter, though. Was that just me? I know she's supposed to be like a year older, right? Because she's graduating. And he's, yeah. Uh, the actress two, seems older. Or two older years than, older. The actress seems a, a bit older than Peter. Or at least, I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that she's just taller. Yeah. Yeah. She is taller than Peter. Uh, I I, di- I didn't mind Liz Allen. I thought she was fine for what she was. Like she she didn't have a ton to work with because yeah. like it's her character is constantly just other people playing off her and she's just doing the typical high school life. I like that she served what she needed to serve. And in a lot of ways, she represents to me 
the first villain in a lot of these Marvel movies where they're not great but because the movie's not about them. Right. It's about the hero. And we need something there, so we put this here, but it's not about them. Right. Um, a lot of those other Spider-Man movies were all about them. If Spider-Man had a girlfriend, he'd be the happiest person in the world. Right. But this is about Spider-Man wanting more. And this Spider-Man seemingly, I mean, this is maybe, you know, uh, hyperbole at the time, but wants more than any Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, or vocalizes wanting more than any other Spider-Man that we've ever seen. Yeah. He wants to be a better hero at every turn. And he wants to impress other heroes, something that other Spider-Man didn't have the... the uh, chance to because there were no other heroes in those other movies. well see yeah because like uh because toby does it out of the uh classic parker guild yes and um garfield from what i remember has no intentions of being a hero his only intention is to chase down the murderer of uncle ben and then eventually be done with it eventually yeah and then just like the keeps doing it i guess yeah. out of a certain uh responsibility or whatever and this is the only time i can say this is a perfect time to say that Toby Toby Maguire Spider-Man kills not a completely innocent man, but a sort of kind of innocent man in that first film. Once it is retconned that Sam, he pushes, not he doesn't push him. He kind of he goads him backwards, so he trips and he falls out the window and dies. Yeah. So that first Spider-Man that film, dark. in that first Spider-Man film, that man now it's dark. But at the time, you're like, well, he killed his uncle, blah blah blah. But now, now that we have that beautifully third Spider-Man film, all of that. Was for nothing. He right. literally ran down a man who did not shoot his uncle, and then had him kill himself or killed him. Right. So yeah. And, and then and then <laughs> Andrew stuff. Garfield gets even closer to that line, and then it's just like I can't. Yeah. Just murder a dude. What I liked about the Andrew Garfield thing was that the 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 shooter of Uncle Ben, his features and his description is so basic that it's like the it's like the Joe Chill of Batman where. There's a million blonde, scruffy guys, scruffy-looking right. guys in New York. How are you supposed to find him? And that, I like that idea more of, like, it could have been anyone or it still can be anyone. Right. Um, as opposed to, do you dance with the devil in the pale moonlight kind of stuff. Like, oh, yeah. what? You just walk around doing that, bro? Like, what's, yeah. <laughs> what's going that's on my, here? That's the thing. Let's talk about new tropes or new, new things implemented here that were never done in other Spider-Man films. So, you have mapping out the universe, right? I don't feel like those other movies cared much about other movies besides the movie that they were in. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Movies should stand alone as they are. Yeah. But I feel like this movie made great points to establish, like, the Prowler, Shocker, right. Avengers. Lots of, lots of that uh, Spider-Man world building. Yeah, Happy Hogan, uh, I think, uh, lends to the whole MCU part of it, like, bringing that in, especially with Tony. Um, and also, um, also um, old, old, old Captain America school tapes. Yes, yes, old Captain America school tapes. And people recognizing him, I think... Um, Bruce Banner's on one of like the Hall of Scientists yes. in, in the thing there too. Also, um, Principal Morita is the son yes. of World yeah. War II veteran Morita. Who was in the Howling Commandos with yes. O-Cap. Uh, which is probably why they subscribe to those tapes so 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 uh, strongly. <laughs> uh, Norman Osborn? You think they're setting set the, set the groundwork for that? I think it's impossible to never... I think it's almost impossible to not uh, uh, pull that, that stem. Is there a is there a character that has been portrayed in the previous Spider-Man films that you are not ready to see again? Um, mine's is probably Doctor Octopus. 
Like, put that on ice just, just for a little bit more. I feel like I'm on the same level with you on that one, and I think a lot of that is because he was a central villain in the video game. And yeah. it's like, oh, man, I've got two of them that are really good. I really don't need to see <laughs> this again. It's almost like, it's almost like jinxing yourself. Like, yeah. I got a good once, and then I got a good the second time. I don't know if I can it's get a good the third way. time. Yes, please. Um, um, other you ready than for that, another, but you ready other, for another Norman? Norman? Other than that, uh, I'd say we can not do the lizard again. Okay. Like, even though he's not a villain in the first ones, he's very much a character. If they do him, just stop making him naked. Put, put the lab coat on him, bro. Keep the lab coat on him. That's the whole cool thing. It's like, he's a doctor. Right. <laughs> he's a Dr. Godzilla thing. And give him a snout. Lizards have snouts. Make him more like an alligator. They right. have made him like a Goomba in the, in the freaking thing. Uh, see how, how angry the, those movies make me? I, I, I could go without seeing um, Lizard villain again. I don't mind seeing Dr. Kurt Connors. Would you be upset if, if something came down from Marvel Studios where we're like, we thought about it, we're never doing Norman Osborn? I could deal with it. You could deal with it? I could deal with it. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Queen's accent slash lifestyle, getting bacon, egg, and cheeses and, <laughs> and taking the train. How'd you feel this film? No, I tell you when I saw New York be New York, when he's um, putting on the suit in the alleyway, he's yeah. trying to get the suit on. And for no reason other than because it's there, there's a little rat that just crawls <laughs> yeah. under behind a dumpster. I was just like, they got it. That's set design. Someone said, no, more rats. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the New York I know. More rats. Yes. Um, more th- rats and more Tims. I think he goes to Midtown Science and Technology. Uh, yeah. Which is the school they use for is Frank and K. Lane, which is not too far from here. It's about 15 minutes from here. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, it's a humongous high school. Okay. Plagued by horrible, horrible, horrible-ness in general. I say that because uh, I was originally zoned for that school. That was the high school I was zoned for. Okay. But I wasn't allowed to go there mm. because it was uh, covered in gangs, violence, uh, all kinds of stuff. To the point that the, that building is not used for that school anymore. Mm. Which is probably why they were able to use it um, now. But it used to be Franklin K. Lane. Uh, a lot of my childhood friends went there. Okay. Some of them survived. Some of them didn't. <laughs> they Man. all lived. But when I say someone didn't survive, I mean, like, they just didn't want to. They didn't come out the same. Yeah, they didn't come out the same. Um, but, yeah, Frank and K. Lane. So, I know that school. I know that train stop that's okay. right near that school. It does not say 38th Street or whatever they said <laughs> it was on there. I don't know where they – oh, they say, they're purporting that the school is in Midtown. Right. But if you've ever been to Midtown, they couldn't fit that there, nor could they fit an elevated train there. But it's also the – yeah, I was going to say, it's also the same as a lot of these New York movies that have an elevated train in, in the middle of Manhattan. Uh, Manhattan. Like, no, that's not how that works. I was like, yes. I, 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 I dare you I, to navigate uh, an uh, above-ground train through all through those high-rises. Through skyscrapers and all kinds of stuff. It'd and be not to destroy glass. Why you do it? Yeah. Um. And then the the hallmark in New York, we got the bodega cat, bro. We got a bodega cat <laughs> in a Spider-Man movie. That was the hallmark of authenticity right there. He pets the bodega cat. Everyone don't, no one minds the bodega cat. I remember when people started complaining about him, like um, tourists. Like, why do they have the cat? And why is, is it all over, like, the bread and stuff like that? It's right. like, that's, he runs the store along with the owner. Like, what yeah. are you doing? What are you doing here? You notice how there's no bite marks out of any of that bread? Because he's doing his guard work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's taking care of things here. Um... We we went with uh we already spoke about an ally knowing that he's Spider Man, um, but do you like Ned as the man in the chair? Do you like him as Overwatch? I do. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I do. It, he's it, just it, watching porn, bro. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's pretty big for a Spider Man teen movie for him to just be like pornography. <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was just it was I thought you it was pretty funny. Porn? 
Huh? You enjoyed the porn? Well, I'm confused here. No, oh, the I, line. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I enjoyed the character. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. The character of Ned Leeds. Yes, um, porn is all about the characters. I think. But I also like like it was it was a lot of fu- it was a lot of fun just watching like um, him just being like infatuated with the idea that his best friend is this superhero. Yes. Yeah. But that but he also gave importance to his role as well. Yes. Like he also very much understood that his role was something that was needed. And before this, had there ever been a reference to that quasi-titled role of the man in the chair? Um, I not that I know of in such a uh, broad stroke. No, right? No, I've we, never heard. We of this we've to. probably you know played around with that idea, right? Yeah. But like like we we understand Oracle and Overwatch and and um, I'm missing somebody. Does Wintergreen do that? Uh, I, I don't know. Wintergreen. <laughs> This is the this is the obligatory um, wintergreen the, the, the shout entire, out the entirety of Star Labs. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All the Star Labs and their various uh, touchscreen laptops and all that, all that, all and, those screens that are constantly on and constantly doing things at and, all times. And Cisco's ability to just invent MacGuffins at a moment's notice. Oh no, my favorite thing, my favorite trope from them is the sciency finishing each other's sentences thing. Uh, and so if you so and so if we reverse so, the polarity <laughs> of the of the you know the energy waves then we, we can, could then we can uh <laughs> yeah. we can uh bring the bring the black hole back to singularity. And then <laughs> and then you got to cap that off with a layman's term metaphor like letting the air out of a balloon. Uh-huh. And then and then everything everything comes out exactly how you know, want so, to. Um, uh, so uh so captain uh What's they can understand it? Oh, so I guess in talking like that, how do you feel about the fact that Ned is not necessarily more inept than Spider-Man, but he's the man in the chair? Like he's, this is probably our first iteration of somebody who's in the chair who doesn't is not necessarily better at Peter at Peter or in a sense he, he knows Peter. how to hack million dollar tech, but he's yeah, like, true. like he that that's kind of his um his gimmick there. He's just a computer nerd. Let's talk a little bit about that tech because the next thing I have here is a narration, by the way, of AI, mm-hmm. which is something that they did here that they've never done before. Peter likes to talk to himself. It's all over the cartoons, all over the comics, but here he can talk to Karen. Um, so how do you feel about the idea that Tony Stark had a, a uh, babysitter protocol or whatever on, um, on the suit um, and that Spider-Man hacked it and that Tony got mad about it? Do you think Tony had, is justified? Himself. You think Tony's justified in doing so? Yeah. I think if you give a man a gun, though... You know what I'm saying? You put half a safety on it, and then he takes it off. Like, I you gave him a gun I, I imagine still, he though. didn't accept, expect him to actually like die, deep dive into the schematics. Of- but that that's that's what then tells me that it was a bad judgment call, right? Because the judgment call was that this kid knows enough to fight this war, but not enough to look into the suit. I guess he'd assume that, like. Because he doesn't even assume that any of that stuff is in the suit. Ned does. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. So, like... Does like, that come from a, a fanboy thing of, like, Tony Stark would never... Probably. Because it's just like, if this kid was doing what he was doing just in that hoodie and sweatpants, he's just going to keep doing his thing in the suit. Yeah. Then then why put all that other fun stuff in there? Uh, Well, the goggles, obviously. I think eventually he would graduate to be able to use kill mode yeah, and stuff like that? Well, yeah. Yeah, like you know, I wonder when he would have given him the, those codes. Speaking wonder... of speaking of the concept of graduation, let me can we discuss like my issue with the ending of this film? Sure, it immediately gets stepped on. Yes, it does. It does. Uh, it's like, t- I'm going to make you an Avenger. He's like, uh, you know what? Maybe it should just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I'm like, yes, you are 15. That is the right decision. 
Good for you. You are. You have grown into a slightly more responsible man, Peter Parker. Yes. One year later, I'm going to fight space aliens. It's the same thing from, like I said, the <laughs> Iron Man 3 jump to Age of Ultron. And what's funny is that with the jump that they make in this film, um, you know, it, it's a reverse on the trope of the great power or great responsibility stuff, right? Yeah. So we're often told with great power comes great responsibility. You have the great power, so you need to be responsible uh, with wielding with it. it. In this film, Peter almost rejects great power. Yeah. Or greater power. Yeah. Right. Knowing that that greater power would come with greater responsibility. That he's not ready for. And so he kind of just he barely got used made to it out of the He barely made it out of the problem he was just in. He kind of just got used to this. Right. And so the idea of like, and oh, had, we can and, make and, manager. And, it's like, whoa, well, I just had got to, this Not only job. just barely got out of it, but like had to get out of it at his most, at his most bare bones level. The most vulnerable. With only, yeah. rare, with only web shooters and a ski mask. Yeah, his most vulnerable, definitely. Uh, so he rejects the great power because he needs to, you know, build his way up slowly. And then the next time you see him, he jumps on a spaceship. Yeah. He should have just said, was it uh Next time, baby. And then he sort, right. of he sort of just walked away. And then instantly gets his new souped-up suit. Yes. Um, yeah, because that, that's the whole thing is that his self-awareness and realizing that he had been a little bit too um, enthusiastic right. about um, this heroing world. And so he should take some steps back into realizing the actual stakes that and it And probably should think, wow, I am, I am not ready for that. Hey, by the way. Iron Spider suit, no, no training wheels, because he does kill mode in Endgame. Yes, yes, he does. And so, talk about the machine gun. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, give somebody a damn machine gun. Um, we spoke about the villain not being crazy, but something else that happened: villain doesn't die. Yeah, that's, that's no, a lot of no death of a villain. Something that I've been calling for in these comic book movies forever, because one of the great parts of these comic book movies is that the threat comes back. Because our heroes are so good that they won't definitively kill anyone, these threats are always lingering, very much like the real world. Hmm. And so you want you want everybody dead? <laughs> Do you want people dead? I, I, I just I understand the idea that like at least I, I understand a level of um what's the one I'm looking for? finality yes. to our time with these characters in these roles. So I never expect um, repeats. Okay. So that characters die, and as a finality to like them never being able to come back, usually is fine with me because like that's a chapter we're not going to revisit. Right. Like we how, told how, the story of blank. How many how, how how many um Black Panther movies am I going to get? Do we need to go back to Killmonger? I feel like they're going to go back to Killmonger. No, they probably are. And I'm pretty sure Michael B. Jordan's already cast for the second movie in some way, shape, or form. I feel like they're going to go back to Killmonger. But see, in in a way, I can deal with this. Because um, if you told me that uh, T'Challa goes back into the Kingdom of the Dead and speaks to Killmonger in the atrium or whatever it's called, like, it's fine. I can understand that. There's no reason for us to go back to Killmonger the villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe he goes to Eric, and and even though they disagree, he finds a level of wisdom in, out of it that can help him. Yeah. And that would be perfectly fine. There's no reason to come back to Killmonger the villain when we could have told a new story. Yeah, I, I get that. 
I get so that characters dying doesn't usually mean much to me, whereas in a comic book, we have to write this forever and ever and ever and ever, hopefully, if so, they keep making money. Yes. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I get why they kill off villains. I um, There's almost no need for a lot of them to keep coming back unless it's a certain villain that like really has um, a a replay factor that's useful. Uh, even though it's not in the movies, like, Kingpin has a replay factor because you can kind of shuffle him around characters. Yes. He can He can be a Spider-Man villain as much I as... I wouldn't a- want him to die. That's the thing. Like, somebody like him... I, I, I equate it to Fisk and Daredevil. Like, right. if they would have killed him in season one, we never would have got Kingpin in season three. Right. And I don't know if I would have been okay with that. I don't know if I would have been okay with... But well, the TV series, but the TV series mirrors the comics just as much in that we need to keep making these and making a lot of them. That's why Reverse Flash ain't never going to die, bro. <laughs> That's sure. my man. Sure. So, like, <laughs> there, there is space man. to revisit these guys because there's going to be a lot of episodes or a lot of time and to to do that. Yeah. And there, there will just as the same be a lot of time to not ever have those characters on screen. Like, you can, you can go three or four episodes without ever actually having Fisk on screen and then come back to him later. Whereas, uh, I can, I can come back to like, uh, what's his name? We can have, uh, Zebediah Stane in the first movie and we don't really need to see him again. Yeah. Or you can do like they did with, um, Ra's al Ghul where his machinations continue even though he's not there. Right. And so he dies in the first one, but by the time you get to the third one, there's still very the much machine he's shadows built is everything. still kind of messing with your life, right? And I do think doesn't he have like a flashback in season or something? Like uh, in episode three, like dream in episode like th- in episode three, um, Bruce kind of has like a fever dream about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, like yep, my, those back breaking dreams, <laughs> those back breaking dreams, still kind of haunting your your city. Uh, last but not least, and maybe this one should have a question mark on it. A uh, new element that we haven't gotten yet: Peter doesn't get the girl. Or do you think those glances and all that was the beginning of him maybe getting a different girl? Maybe I I think there's I think there's something to the MJ thing, and I'm and I'm I'm very interested to see it because like I enjoy this sort of like mysterious MJ who's kind of like highly observant and is it, it, if you've noticed in the in the trailers they've already. What do you feel about that? I do. I feel like I I was. I was whole hog on it, but the more I'm thinking about it, the more I feel like it's a misdirect. Uh, I feel like that conversation is going to change. You're talking about the conversation where she's like, you're Spider-Man. It's obvious, right? Right. I feel like... You think that's a, that's another like, fakery, yes. a misdirect? I feel like in that kind of movie, it would be something like, it's Spider-Man. That's obvious, right? Uh, or it's obvious. And she says say something like, um, because that's the only reason why you would be such a jerk. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or that's the sure. only reason why you would leave us all... At the you know when we were all in danger or something right. like something kind of like bitey or whatever. Sure. I, 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 but I, I it also comes out to be as like like the running joke that like everyone knows. Do you want her to know? Uh, I think at this point you've you've built her up too hard to not have figured it out. Okay, because she's constantly like paying attention and noticing. They play that, with like, that at the end, right? Where she's like, "Where are you going, Peter? What are you hiding?" <laughs> and she's like, "I don't care. Go ahead, do, do, do whatever." The right, but as he walks off, it's still just kind of like, yeah. Mm, what's but, that boy doing? But I do like that when he comes back, he's welcomed back into the triathlon mathletes thing. Yeah, 
um, in Tobey Maguire, they would be like, I can't believe you left us the way you, right? <laughs> they would have gone on a whole thing. Don't you talk to us again? Wow, Peter, way to go. Yada, yada. But Zendaya, MJ, had it on her back. It was her answer that won for the school. And so she's named leader of the, of the group. And Peter's let right back in. Like, yeah. that's more realistic to me than the whole everybody hates Peter thing all the time, which gets kind of... I feel bad for the do, guy. Do you also think, though, that it, it feels like a lot of the things... D- does he get away with too much? Tom Holland? I think he gets away with stuff because people are not... He's not that important to anybody yet. Uh, does that make sense? Right. Where MJ put a lot of importance on him in that early trilogy for somebody she didn't really care about. Sure. And so whenever he had whims, she'd be like, I can't believe... You can't believe what? You were just with Flash in his convertible ignoring me. Right. Three weeks ago, because and now there, there's a lot of there's a lot of discussion that like uh not a lot of discussion but like I saw this in in uh, one review and I thought it was interesting from a uh, channel called High Top Films. Okay, where good, he, that's a good channel. Yeah, he discusses that like a lot of things happen that Peter does not see consequence for. Okay, the fight at the ATM at the bank happens and a dude loses his entire business and there's no consequence, and he's still friends with the guy. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh um. Uh, he he gets in huge trouble with his mother that has no clue where he's been for days. Yeah, who is a grieving woman who as I just, just, mother, just lost his aunt. Her, yeah, widow. Who is a grieving? Who is a grieving widow who recently, at least seemingly recently, lost her husband, and still not really any consequence for it. Yeah, <laughs> you know he 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 dips out on his school trip, basically goes AWOL. Uh, uh, an everybody... issue that would have been highly punishable in any situation. And everybody just walks him back in. And suffers, yeah, walks yeah. him back in. Nobody suffers consequences. Maybe, maybe just the that teacher, charming Tom Holland, bro. The teacher, <laughs> the teacher seemingly still has a job. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Holland's one charming dude. That's all I got to say about that. I do... Okay, so I... I I agree that there is a lack of consequence. Uh, consequence. But I also feel like that's... It, I feel like today's world is like that. I feel like today's world is outrage one minute and then the next minute you're on to something else. And I do feel like whenever Peter shows himself to be unreliable, instead of harping on how unreliable he is, people just go to something else. They just go do something else. Right. Uh, which is how this world works. Like somebody goes to you. Back in the day, somebody ghosted you for a date. You were miserable for the whole week. Right. Now somebody goes to you for a date, you go, you swipe up Tinder and you're back on the, you understand? Know right. Things just keep moving. And I feel like maybe that's what they were trying to go with that. Or like I said, maybe the other thing that they're just trying to go with is Tom Holland is an incredible, charismatic and, and uh, hard, hard, a, hard to hate guy. <laughs> um, but, but, but is there anything else you want to talk particularly about this film here? Or do you want to start talking about Spider-Man's future? Uh, we're going to future stuff. I feel like a lot yeah. of this has been ex- explored. Uh, the the only thing I, I, I'd probably go through quickly is well, uh, it's not it's nothing to do with. But um, I thought the Flash Thompson issues were silly. But I guess that's just people are really connected to their like wholesale original depictions of these characters. So this is so I'm half and half on the Flash Thompson thing. Okay, but I do think that my the- my theory, my opinion, has justification. Sure, because. I do not mind the casting nor the portrayal of Flash Thompson in that film because the the idea of, of a bully evolves. Yeah. That's just life. And that when I heard that take on it, I was like, that makes sense. Like, yes. Like, our bullies aren't exactly the hulking jocks. You know, not so much anymore. Uh, I've, I've never had a problem in high school with, like, the jocks. The they football, were over the there. The person, yeah. They're not even paying attention. They were, yet. They were busy 
practicing football. <laughs> exactly, as, as you do. But I, but you would have a problem with somebody in your direct con- context and competition because they were on the same team for yeah. stuff. Um, my issue is that because he was casted that way, I feel like we never get Agent Venom. I don't think we ever were. Ever? No. It looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> like an alien Punisher. <laughs> and I would have liked that in the other movie, but... With, um... They had another Flash Thompson and, and Andrew Garfield, and, but it was Joe Maganello and um. Oh yeah, no, no, no! Three. I wanted, I wanted Agent Venom with Tom Hardy. Ah, with him being a soldier. That was the movie I wanted. Yeah, he could have been a soldier, lost his legs. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the yeah, I didn't have any problem really with the Flash thing, but I'm really interested in seeing how it goes forward because in the comics, Flash is a humongous Spider-Man fan. Right. And so it always makes this, the conversation with Peter always awkward, and they seem to be going that way in the movies. Yeah, absolutely. When you see him. He's like, I really like, respect Spider-Man and whatnot, and then yeah. he says something really mean to Peter. He's like, what's like, Dick Watt or something like that? Yeah. And Peter's just like... <sighs> exactly. If you knew. Yeah. Is there something... Um, obviously, this is going to be a multi-layered cake that they're making. There's supposed to be three films. Uh, it's supposed to be a six-film deal with the Spider-Man guy. The three one. Oh, uh, yeah, six films. Three uh, Avengers. Oh, sorry. Uh, Civil War, Avengers, Endgame, and Infinity War. Spider-Man, Homecoming, Far From Home, and hopefully a third. Which I believe is... They they, they made reference to it mirroring, mirroring the idea of what they did with Harry Potter where every film was a... Different year in the school? Yeah. Um, I also feel like there's... There's been like... It may just be me, but I've seen crazy speculation about this third film. And they want to bring really? in Deadpool. And they want to oh. bring in Venom. And it's supposed to open up this. And maybe uh. it's Spider-Verse. Maybe Tobey Maguire. Maybe Andrew Garfield. People are going nuts about the third film because the second film is seemingly already out. I mean, it's coming, you know, by the time this comes out, it sure. will be out. But people are already and the, going and, past And the second it. film is already opening doors that people are just, like, going haywire with. I'm like, you guys need to... Yeah. Really a little bit. Yes. yes you guys are yes, setting yes. yourself up for failure. Yeah. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Spidey's future. What what do you think what do you think this is do you do you think this um Spider Man franchise is missing anything? If so, what do you think it's missing? Um or if you can put your own sprinkles onto this franchise, what would you add going forward? Um I don't know. Uh I think I think I think Tom Holland is is really down for the role for a long time at this point. Yeah. So I'm interested to see that. I would I would like to see them do do something uh I I wish we could last long enough to have them do what Dan Slott eventually did which was not make him such a loser for so long and actually be able to use that intelligence for something. Yeah, like Parker Industries. Exactly. But right. I don't think we'll ever get that far. Yeah. Because I feel like you almost still have to go through like the broke Parker stage. And it's also weird because you can you can do that and he mostly did that because he has his own book in the same way that he has his own universe in the yeah. Sony films. But I feel like they if they if they start to make him his own man, he might resemble RDJ too much. He might resemble that Iron Man character too much, and that might be what they want, right? Because if I think Tony it's Stark almost gone, what you want if you if you actually intend for the Miles Morales tease to mean something, okay? Because then he would have to become that person on some level. Do you think the the 
uh, emergence or or birth of the Miles Morales Spider-Man character means the death of Tom Holland? Not initially. No? Not initially, but um, I think it'll make things difficult. Uh, but I think you can also sort of swap them out. Yeah. Um, I think you can find Spider-Man in a different place. Um, wildly speculating, I guess. That's what we love to do here. On yes, show. like it's, it's kind and of and then a, deny it when it doesn't a, happen. <laughs> it's a major issues trope of his own. Yes, yes, yes. You could theoretically put yourself in a position where we can completely, especially since he's gone so far. So far in his uh, adventures, yeah, you can find yourself in a position where you could essentially future foundation Peter and have Miles be the guy on the ground. Okay, yeah, because it's really it's 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 so difficult now to really like lower Peter Parker back to that standard. Yeah, he the higher and higher his profile becomes Thanos. Yeah, the higher and higher his profile becomes, the the less you're gonna start seeing him as a friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Right, and then that needs to be taken care of. So there needs like, to be someone on the ground in the neighborhoods. He punched Thanos. And then he punched Thanos again. Yep. And, and now we're dealing with supposedly <laughs> magical uh, superheroes from other dimensions and elemental villains. Yeah. Massive elemental villains. It's like we have gone so far from friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. As a matter of fact, they go to a point of poking fun at that in the yeah, trailer, they, right? Absolutely. Where he's like, I'm just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And they literally say, bitch, you've been to you've space. Been to space. Put that on a shirt, bitch. You've been to space. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's going to be hard. But yeah, I, I do like that. I like that idea. Um, I want I want more villains. But I maybe, want New York littered with just... But maybe, but maybe if you... But maybe also if he's gone that far, you do speed it up and you just go like... Is it a big departure from what they've done? Yes, but we've also had five other Spider-Man movies and we're trying to do things differently. Yeah, maybe he is the boy genius, and maybe he does get to start Parker Industries at a young age, and it completely overwhelms him. So yeah. he has to have a Miles Morales that can, you know, yeah, uh, uh, help him with uh, like help with some of the groundwork. I want, I like I said, I want more villains in general. I I like what they did here, um, and it's something that uh, happens like in the CW shows where it's like you do. You do the big overarching villain in the film or the overarching villain in the film series, but then your day-to-day is with these Hammenegger sure. D-list villains, your Prowlers, sure. your uh, Get Stiltman in the next one. You know what I'm saying? Give me uh, – let me feel like this is a lived-in world. Not everybody just got their powers that day. You know, make me feel like there are threats abound. And I, matter of fact – I've got, I, I've I'd got love another idea. hero. I'd love one other hero, one other new hero in this, like a like a white tiger or a, you know what I'm saying, like another right, right, new. Right. I'm just trying this out, but you, I know that you're not doing it right. You know, like one of those kind of deals, and have Peter have to come face to face with somebody. I've, got, I've got a, I got a challenging idea in my own head now okay. though, too, because I, I I just imagined it. Like, what if classic Parker guilt? What if you take a guy like Peter who now wants to explore? Um, the thing that made him. So yeah. maybe he wants to understand the spider body or understand how these things, like why, like why him and why did his body react to it this way? Yeah. And in that, in this seemingly understandable and um, completely like logical process ends up creating the spider that gets to miles. And now miles is, I he that. created him. 
I dig that, and that also mirrors the Tony Stark yeah. situation in a bit, where it's like, I just wanted to make things better, and I kind of made it worse. I just worse. wanted to understand myself yeah. and, and why. Yeah, and now... <laughs> And now I have this guilt because now this person is out there with the machine gun. And if I don't make them the best hero that I right. can make them uh, and ultimately want them to be better than me, which is a bigger, right? That's a bigger overarching thing in this, in the narrative of this and, franchise. And, 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 and well, I mean, not even so much like I, I don't want it to be so direct that it's like this kid got bit by the spider. I need to make him a hero. But like, yeah, I, I need him to understand what just happened and yeah. try to not make and, and try to make sure he doesn't make all the mistakes I made, even though he's probably going to make all of them. Yeah. <laughs> How you feel about the rumors that they might be gearing up for um Silk to make her uh on screen debut? Would it be the same Cindy? Uh I don't know. But uh, for those of you who don't know, Cindy Moon is uh a girl about the same age as Spider Man who is bit by the same spider that bit Peter and instead of Living a luxurious life, she is locked away in some sort of facility. Uh, facility? Yes. Um, and then eventually comes out. And because her and Peter were built by the same spider, there's some weird pheromone stuff happening where every time they see each other, they just start making out. Yeah, can we not do that? Are you not, you see, you don't want like a half naked woman in webbing clothing for the beginning of the first no, half of that show. if it's just going to be another teenager and that's just weird. Yes, it is. Speaking of which, I've been watching Euphoria on HBO. Zendaya's in that as well. Lots of drugs, sex, and rock and roll. I hear that's as heck, and I, I don't need that drama in my life. It's lots of drugs, sex, and, and rock and roll, and I'm just like, man, I don't want my kids going to high school. <laughs> like, what's going on over there? I'd uh, rather watch Chernobyl and just deal with that sort of drama. Um, put that on the shirt. I'd rather watch Chernobyl. <laughs> 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 I'm telling you. Um, let me see. What's my wild speculation? My wild speculation is we're not done with the scrolls, bro. Scrolls are coming to Spider-Man, Oh, man. doing this again. That's my... <laughs> this is my old tin hat. I just blew the dust off of it. So <laughs> He's just mad at that uh, Captain Marvel didn't turn out to be it one. It was the 90s. I get it. I get it. You didn't want to fit in too much stuff. Um, there's a theory going around. That Nick Fury may not be who he says he is. Is that so? It, that is so? That's what people are theorizing. And if he isn't, that would make a lot of sense as to why he'd be like, hey, this is my boy Mysterio, or this is Mysterio, and yada, yada, yada. And bitch, you've been to space. Oh, and that's let me... the Mysterio from, uh, I mean, that the Nick Fury from Far From Home. Yeah. Okay. The, the kind of Nick Fury that would trank a kid in, a, in, right. a, in, a, <laughs> in Europe. Um, and so that would be interesting. That would set up a lot of cool things in the future. Maybe Nick Fury gets shot. Maybe. At the end of this film, and then he turns into a scroll, and we're like, what? The what? silly thing the, the silly thing I saw, which was like, it, it was this weird theory that tried to tie back to Age of Ultron. I know, I know. We, we know <laughs> but, like, it was... He wasn't this, born yesterday. All right. or it, he was it, was born just, yesterday. it was just a really silly thing that, like, may have been a complete oversight of whatever. Because he has the line in Captain Marvel where he says he can't eat a sandwich if it's cut diagonally. Yes. Which is exactly what he does in Age of Ultron. <laughs> and someone's like, it's a sc-. I'm just like, guys. Uh, that is that is funny. I, I, I It's got to be. So this is supposed to be the end of the, of the MCU uh, Infinity Saga, as yes. we know it. Um, Weirdest cap off ever. And supposed to be. It's like that TV show where the climax of the big thing you've been following happens the episode before the last yes, one. Yes, yes. And so this is supposed to be the send off of that phase of films but also supposed to literally open bust the open door the floodgates for the, the, the next world for the next world and you don't do that I don't think without some obvious breadcrumbs to comic fans because while the regular fan may see something like Oscorp and be like oh that's a cool building we're like oh you understand every little breadcrumb to us we're gonna see to its possible conclusion and be like 
okay. They're like, oh, you know, they're they're doing a space exploration and they found some rock that right. got some goo on it. <laughs> which, <laughs> like which by the way, I think it was really and and which may not have seemed like the plan to a lot of people, and maybe it wasn't until later. I thought it was really smart because you let you allowed Endgame to have its climax and exist within its own like uh exist within the weight of its own moment. Yes. Because everyone expected for those doors to start being for those breadcrumbs to be laid out during Endgame. Right. But it had which, enough Which I disagreed yeah. with. I it disagreed with vehemently because I felt like no, like this journey needs to I mean, this uh this ending needs to be definitive? Not not well, I won't say definitive, but like its weight needs to be carried on its own. Okay. I, agree. I don't want to. I didn't want to feel at the end of Endgame that they were like, and in the next one, like no, 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 no. This so you didn't want no, you want to know yacht Deathstroke walks up. Yes, like, yes, no Deathstroke of on the yacht. Own. <laughs> like we'll no, this this was own. this was the big climax. This was this was the big moment. Let the weight of it envelop you. Yeah. So now we end it. We um close one door and open another with a much safer, smaller film. Yes. Which they technically been doing for a while when you see of the little Easter eggs they put in like Ant-Man and the Wasp with the Quantum Realm, which eventually became a whole plot point yes. somewhere else. They can hide these these seemingly bigger uh, uh, breadcrumbs in movies that people wouldn't think they would be there and then uh, play off of them in the beginning. But like you said, I think that's incredibly meta, this idea that like the Avengers are gone and the only one left is seemingly spider-man and not right and now we just spoke ad nauseum about the idea that spider-man um was he was using or had he wasn't using but he had tony stark as a crutch yeah he had tony stark stark tech all that stuff as a crutch and now that the events of endgame have taken place maybe we start to get that your own man, Spider-Man, that I was talking about us needing. Yeah. And he, we're already seeing that there's going to be some soul-searching of, like, can I ever be how he wanted me to be? Can I ever be as good as he wanted me to be? Am I? Do I have to be my own person? What does that right. mean? Yada, yada, yada. So I think that's Well, I also think there's a tease to the idea that the, the stuff that I was talking about, because, like, they, they've, they've, uh, they've very strongly referenced that, like, um, Spider- that Parker's going to get access to, like, the lab? Yes. Or or whatever sort of tech Some that sort might of tech, be, yeah. whatever might Stark tech that might have been sitting around to like he's like to craft the the new red and black suit. Maybe he gets like a mobile a mobile headquarters kind of deal. Maybe, Maybe it's a plane or something like that. Because they look like they're constantly on jets in those movies. Uh, Spider Man and Happy. Spider Mobile. Yeah, Spider Man and Happy. I do also like the idea that in this film we saw how um, gracious both Spider Man and Happy were to Tony. Right. There's a part where the happy's like, thank you so much for saving me because I don't know what I would do without this job. And now we're going forward with both of them having to deal with the loss. And where do, where do they fit in the world? Where does Spider-Man yeah. fit in the world? Where, definitely where does Happy fit in the world? You know, and I'm very interested in seeing, in seeing that there. I imagine, I imagine uh, Stark, what's it called? Tech? Industries? Industries, yeah. yeah. I imagine Stark Industries was left to Pepper, obviously. Yeah. And and happy is still a recipient of those lovely checks. Yes, those, <laughs> and those big checks. We saw him with one of those big, those comically big checks that they have in the <laughs> in the thing there. I yes. think they started like a Stark Relief Foundation in his name. Yeah. Um, it, it could be a very interesting jumping off point because now, like the yeah, Spider Man's position in the world just keeps getting bigger and bigger at an yes. exponential rate. 
What um literally off the top of your head, who's gonna cameo in this film? Uh there's always one like, oh, I didn't think Cap was gonna be in this in this film. Uh Pepper. Pepper? I think Pepper's a given though. You think Pepper? You think so? I'll say Morgan. I throw Morgan Stark up in that. I don't know if they're ready for that yet. She's already getting hate mail. Oh, <laughs> she's already Jesus going Christ. through. She's already going through through all that. Humans are being awful. It must be Tuesday. Yes, I don't think. Uh, I don't think it's up to her whether or not she's up for it yet or not. As the world seems to. I don't know to if they'll dictate. do that. Um, I don't know. I, my guess is is uh is that Pepper shows up at one point, or um, like you, you think that's too easy? I don't know about Morgan. Ugh. Norman. No. No. Uh, no. No. Norman Osborn. Um. Someone bought that building, bro. I mean, maybe an end credit, maybe. Who would you like that building to be bought by? Uh, if you had to pick, uh, is it a Von Doom? Richards. Is it a Richards? Yeah. Yeah. Baxter. Yeah. They Baxter it up. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, because he's a no good lying Baxter, so that makes sense. Oh my god. I would. I would. Um. Damn. There's so many. So many doors, but I, uh, so many opportunities. But I don't want to guess too crazy because I don't want to be let down by my. Awesome movies that I make in my head where Goku shows up halfway through oh, and he starts collecting everybody's energy. It's a thing. But <laughs> um, Or your or, or, or your um, massive Patton Oswalt Star Wars Marvel Crossing. Oh, I I freaking love that. I should add that to the end of this podcast. Um but yeah, yeah, no, I totally dug all of that. And like I said, they did have a post credit scene with uh setting up the Sinister Six, so they might be going in that direction in this next film. But we will see. I had a hell of a time watch rewatching this film though, like I said again. I do like yes. it. It just I think I'm it's just a really fun more. film. Like, every once in a while, I can just enjoy, like, this fun little Spider-Man film. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, I garnered so much emotion for Cap. Okay. That nothing moves me as much. Really? It, it, honestly. Because I know what he's thinking without him having to say it because they've laid out his character motivations from the beginning. Sure. So maybe in this next film, because I know Spider-Man from Homecoming, I could be like, oh, he's thinking, oh... Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Where I did, at this point I was getting to know him. But like I, I, I feel the weight of his um his guilt and responsibility, like he sort of got this thing he wanted, like the thing that Peter Parker wants is just to take this pretty girl to the dance that he's really crushing hard on. Yeah. And he has to rip that own moment away from him because he has to the responsibility is he has to go stop tombs yeah that was heartbreaking that <laughs> and you whole, see like, it on liz his allen, face where he's just like liz uh, allen like wrecked her whole life wrecked talking to peter that was kind of yeah. sad you know she was like I, I don't know what the hell just happened <laughs> like all this happened around me and now i gotta move my, my dad's in jail right so that's my life now Thank, thanks whoever did that and peter's like no, not me my whole life <laughs> just, just fell apart and i have no idea why yeah and I, I don't even know that you are directly connected to it, so thanks. They've also said they they set up a humongous gut punch in this film that's going to throw the audience for a loop. And that's where I'm leaning on my Nick Fury either getting killed or uh, not being who he is. Cause I think that's our only you big... Think, you think they have? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I think... I think I think this is hiding a little bit more than, it's, than it, it, it's on the surface. But... Um, what's awesome is all the reviews on it so far have been, you know, hard stars and horseshoes. Okay. It's literally everyone's over the moon about this movie. They're saying it's great. One of the best. Uh, I, hate, movies. I hate, I hate, I hate seeing all those 
advanced YouTuber reviews on my timeline. I'm always like, like, how the hell? Can I just see it first? Like, away. hold on. I don't even want to check your thumbnail because you might be emoting in a way that might tell me how you thought the movie was. Ah. Like, exactly. Not not a fan at all. Not a fan at all. But And then you occasionally get that, 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 that creeped link where it's just like, like, uh... Um, like a huge thing in the post. I'm like, just go away. Yes, yeah, yeah. Don't stay. worry about it. I'm gonna watch it. Mm. I will watch it. I will stay for the post credits. So you don't gotta watch it. And sticking around is the only way. Uh, you know, we're gonna be in touch with all these Marvel movies. But also, also the only way you guys are gonna be in touch with the Major Issues podcast is by sticking around for all of these episodes that we do here. And uh, we already got a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, a uh, review. Up on this channel. Uh, last week we covered Jessica Jones. Next week we'll be tackling. Which, by the Fox way, is on. Uh, both are on Netflix at this very moment. Yes, yes. Look them. at that. I got to rewatch Spider Verse the other day. It's just as good as I remember. Absolutely amazing. That movie's so damn good. Um, and I hope that this follows suit. I hope that they they started to notice some of the things that people gravitated towards in that film, yes. um, and moved them towards this next film. But the only way to find out if we dug it is to stick around and come back next Wednesday, where the next episode of the Major Issues Podcast will drop. Um, wherever podcasts are found, that's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict. Apple Podcast app, wherever podcasts are found across the board. But if you don't want to do all that, you can just hit up Google, Google the Major Issues Podcast, and with the first results to pop right up. Um, I started this last week, but I want to continue it this week about shouting out some of our followers on the Podbean app. Some of the people that are automatically getting uh, notified as soon as we drop an episode. Thank you guys so much because this is how we grow our audience and this is how we become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. So shout out to ZDF uh, QPZ. Shout out to Heroes Asylum Jedi Temple. That's a pretty damn good name. Uh, shout out to the Little Cutie Podcast. Story Arc 2019 and Cup My G <laughs> with a K. Uh, thank you guys for, for liking the episodes. Thank you guys for subscribing um, wherever you guys are subscribing. And we are literally everywhere. We're on YouTube. We're on TuneFind. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. Wherever you can find a podcast, you can find ours. And we're over 80 episodes deep at this point, GT. Yes. I remember when this was a, well, a fever dream. You understand? And now we are doing it. We're talking about these episodes. We got Comic-Con coming up. Like, we're really trying to... Uh, I remember just trying to snake my way into a Superman episode. And now look at this. Now, you, now you're stuck, all right? And you're stuck with us, all right? Yes, I am. Just like we're stuck with Ned Lead, you're, you're stuck with us. You and got that, me in a box here. <laughs> and that's what's going on here. Um, and hopefully the rest of you guys will continue to be stuck with us by uh, following us all across social media at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, and using the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're on Twitter at Major Issue CBC. I believe you have your own Twitter handle, sir. I'm on Twitter at RebirthGT. And we're all there talking about news, gossip, posting new episodes of the podcast, throwback Thursdays, memes, jokes, and all things comics all across social media. So make sure you're following us all over there. It, it's definitely been a blast and it will continue to be a blast. Plus, I've been to the future and I know that we become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. And if you don't do anything else, if you can't share our podcast, if you can't like our podcast, if, you, if you're not ready for commitment, so you don't want to subscribe to our podcast, uh, rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what the likes and dislikes of our audience. Uh, we're trying to get better. We're trying to sharpen these tools. We're trying to make our own web fluid. Uh, if you will, but we need your guys' help. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Um, 
I'm really loving this format that we're doing, that we're getting used to. Uh, it's really becoming more easier to talk about these great movies and great comic book stories. But it becomes the easiest with you guys right by our side. So thank you guys for all of your continued support. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. My name is Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has been our Spider-Man Homecoming retrospective episode. And remember, whether or not you got punked out out of a military contract uh, deal, whether you think that you're the shocker and need to be chased down to the ends of the earth, whether you're a organic wet fluid guy, a man-made wet fluid guy, whether you got expressive eyes, and whether you think that uh, Marissa Tomei is too young to be Aunt May, guess what? She isn't. Remember that we are the clique, and you, yes, you, are worthy. Good work.